Hello, welcome to the Marcelo Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Henry. I'm your other co Matthew. And today, we'll be talking about 2022 and all the movies coming up and what we're excited for, maybe not excited for, and all the in-between. Because uh, it's a big year, I guess. Uh, is it? We'll find out. Yeah, we'll do it today. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'd just like to, I guess, apologise, because we have been not as active as we have been in the past for the past like month ish mm-hmm. and that's just due to busy busy schedules and trying to get things sorted because we are only two people <laughs> doing things at the same time uh so you know it's you know but we're, we're back on track now for the most part and we're just gonna be back to normal i think for quite a while with three posts a week at least and uh podcast yeah usually as i usually say <laughs> usually on a, on a monday uh, it could be a different day, but you know, be there'll be once a week, hopefully. And mm-hmm. uh, either way, there'll be posts up every week on our podcast, uh, our Instagram at Marvelous Cinema Podcast, and our Twitter at Cinema Marvelous, where we do reviews during the week and the podcast usually once during a week. And yeah, so hope you enjoy that. Um, and follow us and like us and all that lovely stuff because it's very much appreciated because we do realize that. It must be if you are a fan, which will be incredible. If you are actually a fan of us, that would be weird. <laughs> Number one. But you know, if you are a fan, it must be frustrating sometimes to not get new stuff because we are, you know, busy. Um, mm. but yeah, we're obviously back on track now and just hope you enjoy whatever we end up talking about, whatever random stuff we end up doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know how you, I don't know how to get this one started. Do you wanna go through your list of all the things or do you want to i don't know <laughs> um I'm, I'm not quite sure <laughs> we could we could go through the, the things we're sort of excited for and then wrap up at the end with just like a general flick through the calendar yeah can do i yeah. suppose we, we we could join them together with our first one because i'm pretty sure this is going to be on your list mm-hmm. um, and it's probably also the suit the nearest thing on your list yeah, I think I know what you mean. <laughs> um, is it by chance the Batman? Yeah, the Batman. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so um, that's March fourth, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you would think it'd be a bit late to change it now. I, I think it would be. Yeah, I think they've committed either way to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. This movie, man, I've, I've just been before even the first poster or whatever i was so excited for it and every single thing i've seen from it it's just made me more excited for it mm-hmm. it's it's really i think the thing about it is is, is this really unique to look at um just it this doesn't feel like anything coming out at the moment i don't even just mean that in terms of comic book movies i just mean that generally with, mm-hmm. with big blockbuster movies it just doesn't look or feel like anything happening around it and yeah this the Greg Fraser cinematography and obviously Matt Reeves directing, um, that's just a combo that I think could go down really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Michael Giacchino on the music. Absolutely, yeah, he's killing it. I they released the Batman theme, I think, for the movie, and it's um, it is it, as great as you think it would be from the trailers. Because I always think you know, a movie's going to have good music if in if they use the actual original music in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Like that's always a good sign, <laughs> um, and yeah, it's so far it's worked out so well. And yeah, I mean, how, I mean, how do you feel about this movie? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, three hours as well, so it's a beefy one. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, 
But I think it's it just it has the potential to be everything that Batman's promised to be. Um, we've talked a lot about Batman on the podcast, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and as well for me, I, I really think this could be the one. Like, in my opinion, I don't think we've had a Batman that has definitively become the one and has been far and away the better. I mean, as a character, I mean, obviously, I think we all know what the most popular Batman films are. Mm-hmm. But yeah. as the character and as as, as uh, purely as the character, I think there isn't one that's necessarily blown the others out of the, out of the water. Mm-hmm. And I really get the sense that this could be that one. Yeah, it. I think whenever I see specifically the the bat suit, for some reason mm. that's the thing that really makes me go, "This could be the iconic, like the one, like you're saying, like this could be the forever, like the bar set sort of thing." Mm. Um, yeah, the suit is. I think I think it's my favorite bat suit. I, I got yeah, I think so as well. I think I agree with that. Um, and the movie isn't out yet, and it's still like <laughs> just like the imagery of it is. I love. I think as well because. Obviously, with Batman, you got to have a you got to have a good jawline, chin thing going on. <laughs> and Robert Patterson is just the the most chin person. He is <laughs> Mister Jawline. Yeah. So, and they've obviously like, and they've given him a, a cowl that literally just cuts off at like the the nose, so it's mm-hmm. not even like a circle around his mouth. It's like just full on just his. I don't know why I talk about his chin so much, but um, yeah. And I think. It has that mix between what I've always wanted from a bat suit, which is kind of yeah, like the the practicality and the realistic kind of what it would be. Probably it probably would be like a body armor sort of thing with like a I don't know some sort of leather sort of sort of highlights sort of things. But it also doesn't look too realistic, which I like as well. It like it still looks like a comic book suit at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. I think the collar is a really good in, like um, uh, added thing to it because I think I don't know there are some capes that I don't like from the previous movies and I think the Dark Knight one is my least favorite cape. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's just a very weird material. Um, it's weird. That a lot of them have also like they've had like this. The headpiece has been part of the shoulder piece. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And then the cape it's always been that, like, especially with like the Keaton and the, and the Kilmer versions. Yeah, they've like, they could not move their head. Because <laughs> it was <laughs> the neck and the head and the shoulders were one thing. Um, which was, a, I don't know, it, it kind of made this iconic sort of movement for Batman where he moves his entire body with whatever he like walks about. Which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. But when I think, I think it does work sometimes and it is it definitely became iconic, but I think yeah, I think from the moment that, like, in The Dark Knight, like, Christian Bale was like, oh, I want to have, you know, to move my neck, <laughs> and they did that, I think that's been the way forward, and I think, yeah, I think, obviously, because you've mentioned before that the current, like, number one, I guess, everyone agrees, kind of, is the Dark Knight trilogy, and specifically The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. um, but I know what you mean, I definitely agree that, to me, they're not movies that I'm like, that is Batman, you know, Um it's definitely an interpretation of Batman that I love a lot, but it's not like iconic. I don't know what you want and anything you could possibly want in an iconic like Batman uh, movie. I guess I don't know how to put it, but it is. I, it's it's very much Nolan's Batman and not kind of 
an iconic Batman that mm. encompasses all all of Batman, if that makes sense. And mm. this one has the air of being an actual movie about Batman, which is yeah. different. <laughs> mm. yeah, I think one of, one of the things about that and those Nolan films is that it very much feels like sort of a superhero in the real world. I hate using that expression, but like a superhero in the real world. Mm-hmm. Like everything is very grounded and just there's the way it looks is generally that looks like any old city. It could be it could be like New York or or well yeah, mainly New York. It looks a lot like New York. <laughs> and it and if, if if you were to turn around and say to me, Yeah, that's not actually set in Gotham, it is set in New York, it wouldn't exactly surprise me. Yeah, um, definitely. However, this I... one just generally feels it feels like Gotham. It's probably up there with uh, something wrong about Tim Burton's version, but Tim Burton nailed Gotham. <laughs> or oh yeah, maybe not nailed Gotham as as many people expect it to be, but he created a Gotham. Mm-hmm. It was unique. It's unlike any other city you can claim. It is a Gotham. It's very gothic mm-hmm. and very, very, very shaped and molded into a certain style. And I yeah, do get that impression very... with, with this film as well. While it isn't necessarily as gothic as that, it feels like Gotham Like Gotham is a, is a unique place and not just any old city mm-hmm. in, in America. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I, I, well, I think the Dark Knight trilogy has this weird, this weird thing where with each film, they lean more towards realism each time. And mm. Batman Begins kind of had a, a... It did have... I would say that Gotham was very much, um, it was a stylized version, and especially the, the narrows, that kind of area that they explore, um, that definitely felt like, oh, well, they are trying a different new design for Gotham, but as you move forward with the Dark Knight and Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, it becomes Chicago and then New York. <laughs> and it is, it, I think for me, I always loved that because in, in, in a certain way I loved it because it was, it was just kind of, I don't know, it always kind of mirrored whatever the film was about and the, the status of Gotham mm-hmm. at that point. Um, but I have, I've just always missed, um, you know, Tim Burton's Gotham and, and Schumacher's uh, Gotham as well. Like, I yeah. love... Let's not forget that. I still, yeah, like, I just, I don't, like, I know people, you know, are against the, the neon and all that sort of thing and the, the statues of men just doing random things. <laughs> um, but I I love that uh, that um, design as well. I just think it's, I just like the idea that Gotham is just an excuse for a set designer to go crazy. And <laughs> and I think this, I think so far this Gotham, from what we've seen, has this healthy mix of it. It looks like a real city. It looks like it could actually exist. It could be Chicago maybe, but at the same time, there are certain shots where I'm like, that's definitely like stylized and mm. uh, you know not. Not not possible, but like not in the real world, if that makes sense. And it's yeah, as well as sort of sorry, go on. And I think this might be the first Batman film shot, like the Gotham scenes are shot in the UK. I can't remember where it was, especially Liverpool, but, I think. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, it might be there. And I think some of the think, cities in Liverpool. I think some of the the outside of the city is Scotland, but I could be wrong about the Scotland part. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I just think that I always think the idea of the, the UK kind of some of the cities do reflect Gotham more than some of the American cities that I mm-hmm. usually, you know, my image of them at least. Um, but yeah, 
go on with whatever you're saying. <laughs> I was going to say, as well as the set design, partly also down to the cinematography, it looks a lot noir, a lot more noir than a lot of the other Batman films have been. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and that, that is something that, that helps. It isn't necessarily part of the set design, but it does help. And it just mm-hmm. feels different. I don't know how to, I don't know how better to describe it. It just feels different to any Batman film, but also different to any kind of superhero film we've seen before. Mm. That's yeah, that's definitely. The most think... exciting part of it. Because even, you know, if you think about dark and gritty films from DC recently, even films like The Joker, it feels a lot further away from even that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, and I think as well what you say about the kind of noir lighting sort of thing, I think I do think that is kind of one of the most interesting things for me about the film so far is the idea that it could be so far it looks to be a detective story mm. um and i think we can all kind of agree that we've kind of missed that from the live action appearances um yeah. there are definitely sequences where they where they do do like the whole um um batman being a detective sort of thing but uh it's always kind of along the lines of he goes to a computer and types in something and then mm. it tells him what it is it's very rarely like that all style kind of investigating thing where you're actually trying to solve out a mystery and he's like using like a little flashlight and a little brush to get some prints if that makes sense like i i kind of want to see that imagery more than anything else and i think because obviously you know one of batman's many many titles is the world's greatest detective and yeah i think we just we've totally missed that out in the previous movies and i think this one could be the one to really make that uh, the key ingredient of this version mm. um as well as obviously the from what we've seen with the action is very much a, a very brutal Batman. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I'm wondering how the film's going to walk that line between Batman being kind of a, a brutal, bone breaking sort of, you know, almost vigilante menace sort of thing, and also being the eventual hero. Because I'm, I'm assuming that the arc here is to do with him becoming Batman as a hero rather than Batman as you know, just this almost murdering lunatic on the streets. Mm. <laughs> um, and there's lots of... Batman in the bat costume. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of what the film is going for so far, at least from what I see. And I think there are certain shots that have this certain level of kind of epicness and sort of slow motion and, uh, you know, sunsets where we see Batman you know, using using the flare to guide the officers out of the, the cave. And there's a shot recently in a TV spot with him, like, holding, uh, like, a injured child. And it's all kind of like, I don't know, there's, there's certain images that they, and they look framed in a way that's kind of, I don't know, where the film is heading with that Batman and what he's got to reconcile with and with what he actually is, um, which is amazing because I think, have a Batman film about Batman, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a miracle, but it is a miracle. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you heard, we also might be getting an internal monologue sort of narration going over toward the film. Mm, but, um, um, that, that also is very, very noir-y. Yeah. So, so that, that, obviously the, the noir genre classically is very detective-based, like private detective, talk, mm. smoking a cigarette and saying... Oh, and I remember the case. Very <laughs> gruff. <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't heard about the internal monologue, but that would be very interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, we're getting... I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but 
I'm pretty sure we're going to get some sort of notebook he's writing in, and we're going to hear that dialogue, um, that those words kind of speaking spoken by him, whilst ah. he's you know being Batman. And yeah, I just think that's also I think that's just very comic booky. Like mm-hmm. I think something that comic book movies kind of miss out on sometimes is they lose the internal monologue that we always get in comic books. Um, and I think having that kind of return in some fashion, in some noir genre fashion, is a really good idea. I think it could be, yeah, I just, I just love the idea of finally having an insight to Batman and that being the point of the film. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, so, and obviously we might get a trilogy out of it, so. We you might know. do, yeah. Would you, would you like that, or we want, would you want, I don't know if, you know, we don't know how the film's going to turn out and what, mm-hmm. it's, what it's actually going to be about, but um, if this is going to be more than one movie, would you want it to be that way, or would you rather be a kind of a Joker sort of thing of just one and done? I think I think it's only natural, given sort of the age of the actor they've got, to say it'd be nice to see a trilogy play out. Because we have had a trilogy before, obviously, with the Nolan films, and we've sort of had four versions of the same character in the 80s and the 90s, whether they are the same character, <laughs> debatable. Um, yeah. <laughs> And so it would, I think it'd be really interesting to have that this happen in a very more comic book open environment because even when The Dark Knight was made, it was made very realistic and it it felt very different to other comic book films in that it was very grounded and very self-contained. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they address this going forward. I, I would hope that I don't think they need a cinematic universe around this Batman. Mm-hmm. I, 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 would, I, yeah. Yeah, I kind of, I don't know how to feel about it. I feel like the idea of having more than one film from this Batman is very exciting, but mm. if that just leads to, I don't know, this expansion of the universe and it becomes... Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that Warner Brothers aren't going to be at some point like, oh, what have this Batman met? Henry Cavill's Superman or whatever. I like it. They mm. they would pull that sort of thing, and I don't know if that's obviously we haven't seen the film yet, but I just don't get the sense that this is what that character is and what his world is. Mm. Um, yeah, that's the same for me as well. I think, and mm. as well, I I don't think they would because they seem to have brought Keaton back for that kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the Batman going forward for that kind of just whatever the hell they're doing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that kind of reassures me that they're not going to try and connect this because I would very much prefer it to be its own thing. A trilogy would, would be great. Um, if, if they did do a trilogy, I would, I would really like to see Mister Freeze done well. Mm, yeah, that'd be great. Um, but and I think that's a key difference. Here is the trailers give the sense to me that whilst this is a, a realistic sort of interpretation similar to Nolan it but I do think from the trailers I get the sense that um Mr Freeze or Killer Croc could exist in some mm. way yeah um which seemed like it was impossible for the previous ones to do that because <laughs> um, yeah, if you frame it right I, I definitely think you could because a lot of those characters are able to be done grittily I think mm-hmm. yeah um fair enough maybe not something like Polka Dot Man Maybe not, no. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely think Mr. Freeze, oh, the, the obvious one's being like the Joker, I think. Yeah. Inevitably, that's going to happen. <laughs> well, I, I I don't know if I disagree, but I have a feeling that 
they're aware that Joker's just been pushed upon us too much, <laughs> kind of. And it's always been kind of fun with the Joker, I think, even the bad one. Bad, well, the bad, well, in my opinion, the bad one, which I know. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Reeves kind of goes, you know what, this Batman doesn't need a Joker. Um, mm. But, you know, obviously it could happen. And now that I'm saying this out loud now, and I just realised there was a rumour that someone got cast as the Joker. Barry Keane. I forgot who. Who? Barry Keane. Keane. Um, he was Druig this... in Eternals. Oh yeah, yeah. Now yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, so I might be is, completely wrong. <laughs> he is confirmed to be in the film. Oh, is he? Oh, like right. he's he's definitely in the film, but IMDb is listed as Officer Stanley Merkel. Hmm. Okay. Um. Because because I, I remember what you're saying there was the rumor that I think someone said that at the end he's going to be in Arkham. Yeah. One of the final scenes is going to be them showing. Mm. The Joker, which is I suppose yeah. kind of what they did with the Dark Knight films, because there was a tease at the end of the first one, I think, isn't there a Joker card? Yeah, so they could be doing that again. I just, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but also, I wouldn't be surprised if this, if Matt Reeves kind of goes for a completely different version of the Joker. Like this Joker might have been a cop that Batman mm-hmm. knew, <laughs> and then something happened. I don't know. Like he, I feel like this one has more kind of. Uh, it kind of feels more liberated to do whatever it wants, I think. Mm. Um, I think before with the Dark Knight trilogy, there was so much pressure on it because it was the first good, you know, series of films about Batman where there was continuity involved between films. Mm. <laughs> um, so I think that there's a certain pressure to get, like, to do the comics just as in the sense of, like, we're doing the Joker as the Joker is. And, um, again, under the lens of Nolan, but still, like, it is the Joker. Um but this one, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, hurt or surprised or whatever if the Joker is like a guy that we know of two movies in the third movie turns to the dark side. <laughs> um, mm. You know, it could it could do that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do. Yeah. I, I, I do also think that it's probably the Batman film that definitely feels like it could be one and done if they did go down that route. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it is a three hour film. It is three hours, yeah. Because <laughs> um, even even the Nolan film did kind of the first Nolan film, Batman Begins, did feel like it was the start of a trilogy. Yeah, that film has the air of we're beginning a new continuity sort of thing. Yeah, mm. I mean, I mean, obviously we, we can't really say that about this one without having seen it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think something that greatly sort of reassures us that it's going to be a good film is that. Not that they've approached it as a one and done, more that they've just approached it as one story and have given everything to it. Yeah, I, yeah, um, I totally agree. And I think, yeah, I do think as well. Obviously, I do think Batman Begins has, you know, that air of we're doing potentially more of these, and we're going to have a sort of not a post-credit scene, but like a teaser at the end of the film, and it being it, it being like literally an origin film. I think just by doing that, you can't help but think, well, obviously you're doing this film, so you can make that film next. Mm. Um, whereas this film is just, I think from what we've heard, it's it's year two in Batman's history. It's mm-hmm. He's been Batman for at least a year by now, and it, he's kind of gotten used to it, but maybe he's gone too far to, you know, almost murdering people. <laughs> um, so 
yeah, this doesn't have the air of it. Well, I don't know. It has the air of an origin movie in the sense that it feels like, I guess, like Homecoming in the sense that it's not actually the origin, but it is an origin story. Mm. Um, it's not the origin, but so it's it kind of when they become the character we know. Yeah, and it's because I, you know, I think we've been promised a million times by the director and Robert Patterson that we're not going to see the the Wayans get murdered in this film. Please. <laughs> um, yeah. Although I do think, you know, I have a feeling, I don't know if it's going to go going to, into theory territory here, but I do have a feeling that this film's going to touch on, like, the legacy of the Wayans and how it's not quite as, you know, uh, clean as what we've been previously seen in the previous movies. Mm. Um, I get the sense that we could be doing the Telltale game sort of storyline where they weren't actually as good as it. Like they were kind of bad people in some ways. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I have read um, recently. I started reading the the Court of Owls um, storyline. Yeah, and I think that could be where this movie is heading. Maybe not the owls, like the Court of Owls specifically, but the way that story kind of deals with the history of Gotham. Mm-hmm. Um, could be doing that. I don't know. I hope it is because it would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah, this movie. It's just interesting. <laughs> March the 4th. Yeah. It feels so close. Oh it's not even that. It's fifth. Hang on. February is, a, is the month of like less days, isn't it? Yeah, 28 days. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, 17 days? 16? 17 days. days. Nearly half a month. Yeah. Damn. God damn it. I'm so excited for it. <laughs> Hype is real, yeah. It's yeah. It it's it promises to be interesting, <laughs> at the very <laughs> yeah. least. Uh, but yeah, I think hopes are high, and I think it's definitely earned it. I think everything is in its favour. Matt Reeves directing and writing, Greg Fraser on the cinematography, Michael Giacchino, excellent or what appears to be excellent casting mm-hmm. uh, all around as well. Because there are other characters in this film. I think I'm also looking forward to seeing. I'm. Mm. Um so excited to see whatever the penguin is doing in this film <laughs> yeah colin farrell is the penguin incredible makeup incredible like it's it's still weird to me that has him under all that and it doesn't look like it's it doesn't seem like it's going to impede his, his performance like i think makeup can sometimes do like that mm-hmm. um he's, he just looks like he's having fun <laughs> which is I love colin farrell too whatever he's doing is always really funny yeah, <laughs> um, he always manages to nail it yeah. His last uh, comic book film was, I think, at least was Daredevil, <laughs> 2003. <laughs> was he? Oh, yes, he was. Yeah, he was Bullseye. Yeah, yeah. And even then, he was having fun with it, at least. So. Was he in Electra as well? Uh, I don't I don't think so, but I haven't seen the films. So I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Colin Farrell. Andy Serkis as well. I'm looking forward to this Alfred. Oh my god, yeah. It looks really... like a mean Alfred. I do enjoy a mean Alfred, I have to admit. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think this is, from what we've seen in the trailers, it's probably I think he's earned the title of the hardest Alfred. Yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> I I kind of thought they were gonna do that with the Jeremy Irons one before the mm-hmm. film came out. Um but it was more kind of like he was he was definitely just a very nice butler person but just had like an edge of a bit mean um but this one 
could be actually mean because <laughs> i think because <laughs> i think as well looking at the trailers um <clears throat> um this batman just seemed like a and i know people you know certain online fans i guess or you know uh don't like the idea of batman being sort of like an emo whatever person you know no one you know, i don't know i don't know put it but you know that sort of community of people that see, see it that way but i like the idea that after he's just dealing with this really whiny emo idea <laughs> of batman <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah. yeah i'm looking forward to that and well jeffrey wright is, is go jim gordon mm-hmm. yeah i love that casting <clears throat> oh my god yeah he seems i thought they could never do better than uh gary oldman and he seems like he might top that in some way so mm-hmm. yeah oh, fingers crossed eh yeah Big so ones. yeah we we, we, yeah, we spent half an hour talking about batman <laughs> well it is for me in a lot of ways the yeah. film film of the year i guess but we'll see i honestly i honestly when it comes to time frames I'm, i kind i find it hard to you know put the idea of an entire year and think what am i most looking forward to mm. in that entire year yeah. <laughs> um so yeah <laughs> yeah so batman top of the list yeah <laughs> um, do, you, do you want me to pick one or do you want to i suppose i picked i picked batman didn't i so next one's yours um um well my next one is kind of on topic for this for the past few days because the trailer came out mm-hmm. um but i want to talk about the the film coming out on, on may 6th so not that far away either mm-hmm. um dr strange in the multiverse of madness yeah <laughs> directed by sam raimi mm-hmm. who is just a legend and he's having ah uh, he, he's having fun <laughs> you can t- you can really tell mm-hmm. um, yeah it's all as well from the trailer it's all, it all built up and then the final bit of the trailer was the shot going into wonder's eye yeah yeah and it's all like oh raimi there you are <laughs> <laughs> it's it, that i mean that trailer for me was I think the best thing about it, aside from all the things, I think the things we'll probably get into in a bit, but I think the biggest thing for me was the idea that from the get go, I was like, this is Sam Raimi allowed to be Sam Raimi. And yeah, I mean, first off, so how do you feel about the trailer that came out? I loved it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was a really good trailer. Um, it didn't show too much. It made a few reveals, which I didn't think they'd make, but that yeah, kind of just makes of. me more excited because if they're revealing that now, Mm. what else do they what? have up the sleeve yeah what is happening <laughs> with this um, film? <laughs> yeah um so yeah, yeah there is there is just a lot to unpack from from that one trailer um there was also that a tv spot which there are a few stills from i don't know if you've seen them uh yeah i did yeah, yeah so, so there's a fairly clear look at uh defender strange <laughs> with, yeah. the, with the with i i don't know if it, the hair's just combed back or if there's a ponytail going on <laughs> I, yeah, I can't tell. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, another one, one of the way that I definitely feel like we're getting the Raimi personality is there's, there's a lot of it that's quite horror based. Oh, definitely, yeah. There's, there's a particular shot in like of Wanda where she she kind of looks like she's just been on the set of Carrie, <laughs> and she had a book of her, a blood dropped on the head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, which again, I just think that's a lot of blood for a, a PG thirteen film. Yeah, I was like, I was, 
I would kind of have the question. I think I googled it straight after. Like, what is the rating of this film? Because I don't think that Disney would allow a Marvel film to be R-rated or whatever. But clearly, they're stretching the PG thirteen sort of thing uh, here because um, it's it is creepy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I'm I'm wondering how they're going to mix. Um, well, I'm not well. I'm not really worried too much because I just. I think one of the things that Remy has more than most directors is he has this ability to just mix a lot of tones and it always works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even in even in films where the tones haven't been mixed the best, which would arguably be like Spider-Man 3 or even, you know, the, the Oz, the great and powerful movie that he did, um, which I think I've watched once, I think, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. where the tones kind of kind of not great as it usually is with Remy it's still it's still doing different things and it's mixing better than it should at least and I just think watching this trailer and seeing this you know this CGI um action with magic and dragons come out of his hands and all that sort of thing combined with you know wonder kind of looking like a zombie at some points and <laughs> and all these different things and it's I do think that I just trust Remy to make that work um and I think, I think the biggest thing for me, honestly, was this is the first Marvel movie since Guardians 2, I think, for me, where I've looked at it visually and went, that looks good, like visually looks good. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that, I know people, you know, have a big problem with the Marvel kind of gray color grading and all that sort of thing. And it's definitely, it's definitely irritating for me, but it's, I, don't know, I kind of have learned to kind of get past it, I think. Um, but I do think looking at this trailer, the colors just, you know, this is like a great sense of coloring and there's so much cold blues in the city that's usually not there. And even like, I think there's been this comparison on Twitter um, uh, with uh, this shot of comparing a very similar scene where it's outside of the, it's outside of the, the Sanctum, Sanctum Santorum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, you know, a car getting thrown at Doctor Strange and the, the Infinity War bad guy cuts it in half, and there's obviously a very similar scene here where um, Doctor Strange cuts a bus in half. And just looking at those two scenes, it's kind of, it's kind of funny to to watch the difference in visual approach. Where <laughs> one is kind of I don't I don't want to say it's like bad looking, but it's just you know it's kind of grey and it's very much a green screen sort of studio. And comparing that to this this shot in this film where it's got this kind of orange tint to it and it has a very colorful pop to it and there's lots of extras running around. Um, it, yeah, there's, uh, this is something, this is the difference that Remy has on these films. And I think the trailer just let me relax into the idea that Kevin Feige or whatever, whoever behind the scenes just let him do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just so excited. <laughs> yeah, um, it certainly, yeah. From, from, the, from the moment the trailer begins, I think it definitely just feels different to a lot of MCU films and you feel that Raimi influence. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's just a trailer that really doesn't hold back. Yeah. Um, and it, it just feels energetic, which I think is something that is people take for granted in trailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it just had a constant momentum of, of what it was showing off and, and where it could go. Um, yeah, and so we also got sort of a better idea of what kind of story we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so it seems to be. I, I I'm not quite sure if because at the start of the trailer they refer to um, Doctor Strange having done something to alter the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Are we assuming that that is what he did at the end of No Way Home? Um, because I'm not I, quite sure because he didn't really he didn't strike me as anything particularly bad. Yeah, I I'm not sure. I I can't see this film. I don't know, well, maybe it does, but I can't see this film opening with a situation that makes him have to do something different to open mm. the multiverse. Because that just seems quite random and quick, especially after you had the chance to do that at the end of the previous film that we saw <laughs> in No Way Home. Um, but obviously there's that theory and that kind of thing that we've kind of gotten from when you when you mix all these different things together, like the Loki TV series. Mm-hmm. I think there's this idea that it wasn't the one thing, but rather these separate things happening at once, kind of poking at the timeline that made it kind of explode, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which could be, I think that could be a really good excuse because I think that's just, I think it's better than just having one spell cause something. I think the idea yeah. that Kang did his thing and uh, Sylvie killed him and whatever and uh, the No Way Home spell happened and maybe something happened in a different universe with a different strange at the same time and Maybe it's some, I don't know. Maybe it's some sort of nexus point where, from now on, things go crazy, and that's kind of like just the way things are. And yeah, I think that could be. I think that is likely the excuse they're going to go for. Not mm-hmm. sure, but could be. Yeah, I, I I like the way that they've got. They seem to be really blending in the idea that um they're they're going to build like a, an arc for Doctor Strange on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it definitely feels like it is actually to do with him. Definitely, yeah. Not, not, um, because I think I suppose probably the biggest, biggest apprehension I've seen people have of going into this is that they don't want it to just be cameo city. I think that's a phrase that's directly been given to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't think they will. I think we've we still have a good eye on Doctor Strange as a character. Uh-huh. Um, and as well, we got a good idea of what, what Wanda's doing in this film. Mm-hmm. It definitely seems to be setting her up as a villain. I think people suggested that maybe the villain of the film could be like a Wanda variant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to me, this trailer did suggest that it is the Wanda we know that's going to be the villain here. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I get a sense that they're going to be kind of... I think it's going to be Wanda. And I think for the most part, he's going to be tricking... She's going to be tricking Strange. Mm-hmm. Into believing he sees an ally until she's not, because there's this mm-hmm. there's this shot in the trailer where um, it's Wanda and uh, Doctor Strange, and they're in like that field that we saw in the No Way Home post credit scene mm-hmm. and all that. But there, there's a scene, there's a shot later where it's it's that setting, but it's all red and gloomy and multiversal yeah. and all that sort of thing. But when, in the when she says about um, it not being fair that the way she's been treated. Yeah, and it kind of looks like they're wearing the same clothes as mm. at least Doctor Strangers, and so I'm just wondering if that scene is I don't know I don't know how it's going to go. It might be that Doctor Strange convinces her at the start that it is unfair, and they're going to fix it by this whole adventure thing, but then it goes wrong or whatever. Or it might be from the start that she's a villain. <laughs> uh, we we don't know. <laughs> and I do, yeah, I love the idea that we have this kind of kind of villain in the background with Wanda where it's, she's not a villain but 
there's the time bomb sort of thing of like what's gonna like, push her to do something that she probably shouldn't do because <laughs> um, you know does she's just went through a lot <laughs> um, she has they've really just put her through a lot in the shortest amount of time possible <laughs> um so yeah I, I i just wonder yeah and i just i, I also have no idea personally maybe i'm just not caught up in the series on the characters in the comics but i have no idea who the character is is what was wearing that american denim jacket oh um america chavez i think is the name i have no idea who that is <laughs> neither do i i only know her by name from people saying that's who she is it's an interesting name <laughs> yeah yeah it is because yeah, she has this... the america star as well doesn't she yeah there's there's just one shot that's very rainy and i can't wait to see like you know his obviously obviously his action sort of things but there's one shot where she like jumps on a table and jumps forward to like punch someone but like the way it's framed and shot is very much that kind of almost like the matrix sort of thing where they zoom in on the punch as it makes contact mm-hmm. and i always love that sort of, that kind of shot and i can't wait to see if they do that because yeah i'm just a big fan of that sort of thing and yeah the action in this film could be i think it's going to be really insane and because obviously with spider-man and that trilogy and even evil dead or whatever there's obviously these action set pieces that are incredible you know mm-hmm. and ideally i or i constantly look back on the the Raimi trilogy especially spider-man 2 and 3 and and just look at that as kind of the pinnacle in a lot of ways of action and superior super filmmaking um and i i think from this trailer i'm just getting that sense again of like whilst i was kind of worried about how Raimi would handle himself in this sort of mcu style of or the modern style i guess even of like just green screen studios <laughs> um i I'm very thankful to see that for the most part. It looks like it's just allowing him to be more free. And mm-hmm. from what I gather from the trailers, it just looks like he's using his director, you know, style, stylist flourishes, but with, he's now got the ability to use a CGI camera and, you mm-hmm. know, do as many spins as he wants. He can rotate the camera as many times as he wants <laughs> and all that sort of thing. And yeah, yeah it just looks so... It looks so like unhooked, unhooked to Raimi from like mm-hmm. any sort of. Because obviously he's, he's from previous films that we've seen with the Raimi trilogy, especially like he is a very sincere, emotional kind of director if he wants to be. Um, well, at the same time, no, he can be a director who makes Evil Dead Two, mm-hmm. which is a film with not no real arcs or anything like that, but it's just insane fun for two hours, <laughs> and it's incredible to watch and. Mm-hmm. I think this film could be a really good mix of that sort of Evil Dead insane fun with a, char- a character story for Doctor Strange to go through at the same time. Yeah, I think at the very least it seems like it's going to be that fun. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and that's that's really what this trailer's reassured me of, but I do think that with with the teasers of where the characters could go, I think it could be, it could be an all-time high. It could be, yeah. Um, <clears throat> As well, I think, because they've brought Christine Palmer back, the character Christine Palmer. Mm-hmm. As well, that that kind of suggests to me that, yeah, they are going to actually do something strange because as the What If episode suggested, she is quite important to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So it's interesting to see where they go there. Um. One other thing, um, the Illuminati kind of thing that's going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was your reaction to... to Whoever he might be talking to. 
I, on my first watch through of the trailer, it did not at all click for me who it was. Like, no. It just totally passed me by. And I was like, oh, what's the reaction to this on Twitter and Instagram and all that? And I, I looked through it and I was like, a lot of people are talking about X-Men. And I'm not quite sure why. And then I was like, <laughs> like oh my God, yes, confirm that Patrick Stewart is back. And like, when did that happen? <laughs> and I thought there might be some sort of like scene after the, the title card. Yeah. But I just like, oh, it, that was his voice. And now that I look back on it, that's definitely his voice. I don't know how I missed that. Um, it it kind of looks like the side of his head as well. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm just... I think the one thing that worried me about the production of this film was the um, we heard about the reshoots happening, mm-hmm. and I I think I think uh, Benedict himself kind of clarified that it wasn't because they were trying to you know fix the film or Raimi went too far being Raimi something <laughs> like that um, was what I was worried about. Um, but apparently it's just to do to do to do with um, scheduling conflicts over the cameos that might be happening, mm-hmm. um, and I think. That is my, you know, like like you said before about the Cameo City. I, that is my one kind of like, how far are they going to go with it, and how much screen time is this going to be? These different characters having two minutes of screen time and leaving, sort of thing. Um, I I'm wondering how they're going to handle that, but we have got an example pretty recently where they have handled it very well with mm-hmm. No Way Home. So it could be handled that well again. I don't know. I hope it is, but yeah. I, I do kind of think that they are going to handle it well with this sort of Illuminati kind of thing because apparently, and I, while, while I wouldn't be the first person to, to agree with a super zoomed-in shot of one corner of a trailer, <laughs> yeah, um, one of the people sat at, on the t- chairs, people are saying that looks like um, Eoan Grufford, mm-hmm. Mr. Fantastic, like the suit. And I have yeah. to be honest, it does look like the suit. <laughs> <laughs> with like one very thin arm and then like like a silvery circle like on the left chest which mm. does i have to be honest does look like the does look like the suits from the, those films yeah um and i'd never thought i'd be excited to see <laughs> <laughs> see something from those films again yeah um but yeah well, i, I think, think we... yeah Sorry. Well, I think we discussed before that, at the very least, out of the, all the Fantastic Four films, that they were the best ones, I guess, by default. <laughs> yeah, by default, they are. They are the superior Fantastic Four. Um, <laughs> also, what was the other thing? Um, someone looks like Captain Marvel. Does it? Oh, oh, uh, the on the on the chairs or like the one attacking? Um, one that attacks Wanda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, people have, have suggested it's Maria Rambo, not Monica, but Maria. Maria, the, the man. Sorry. Oh, the the mother of the yeah the one division one. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. in theory it would make sense. All that would have to be different is that Monica went with Marvel instead of sorry, not Monica. Maria went with Marvel instead of Carol. Mm, yeah, and also I feel like I would feel kind of bad for that actress being cast in a Marvel film. And being the only character who can't come back to be a superhero because it was set in the nineties or whatever. Mm. <laughs> um, she, yeah. If if no no time to die proves anything, it's that she should be given another chance. Yeah, yeah. Give her some more to do. Um and also it'd be nice if, you know, I don't really know what's gonna happen with the Marvel characters. Like I mean like mm-hmm. I don't mean the Marvel I mean like the Captain Marvel characters. <laughs> um the that whole Monica, Maria, Rambo sort of situation and uh, the Miss Marvel and the Captain Marvel that we're gonna 
Are we getting Captain Marvel 2? Yeah, the Marvels. Is that what that is? Oh, okay. Mm, yeah. All right. Yeah, so I'm not sure how that's going to go. <laughs> I just I just don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't mind or dislike really the Captain Marvel film. I just didn't. I just feel like so far out of all the Marvel characters um, and all the Marvel like franchises, I guess, I feel that's the one that I can't get a read on. Like, I don't know where it's going to go from now. Um, I think they did the right thing in changing the director. Yeah, they did do that, yeah. Um, um, no, I, I don't mean any disrespect to the duo that directed Mr. Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. but I do think Nia DaCosta is a very impressive acquisition from Marvel. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I'm hoping that, and it's hoping that, you know, we get some sort of, I mean, when I say that, I mean it's more in a reboot sense, more in a comedic sense, but I hope we do get some sort of Ragnarok sort of reboot sort of film with that character. Because mm. I don't, I don't even think, I don't even, I, don't, I got nothing against that sort of film really, but just like, I never felt like I got a clear understanding of Carol Danvers. And mm. I think that's really hurt her appearances going forward. Because I think even in Endgame, she, kind of, she did kind of stick out as like, I don't really know much about you, and it's kind of weird out of everyone I'm seeing that I'm to- I'm to- I'm seeing a, a talking raccoon and all that sort of thing, and I'm like, yep, I love that character, best friend, love him, Rocket Raccoon, great character, great casting, all that sort of thing, and that's you know Captain Marvel, I kind of have this thing of like great casting, you know, an okay film, I'm just like, but you just I don't know, I don't know anything about you really, but I should know because I watch your film, but I don't. You had a best friend, I, <laughs> I don't know, it's just a weird thing. Um, so I'm hoping that we do get some sort of, I don't want to say, I don't really want to say this, but at the same time, I guess is how you put it, like kind of a, a, a kind of a revival, I guess, of that sort of franchise with the Miss Marvel and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I think the main hope is that they just, they spend a bit more time directing her mm-hmm. and giving her more of that personality, because I would agree one of the criticisms of that film is that it kind of feels like they just told her to act like a superhero. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it feels like a blend of Iron Man and Thor and Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, in in many ways, I think it's similar to what I'd say about you know the the newest Doctor Who, mm-hmm. about Jodie Whittaker. In that, from from the director's standpoint, it just feels like they've been told to act like the Doctor. Yeah, or they've been told to act like a superhero. And yeah. it's not it's not the actor's fault because they're they're, they're doing they think they are doing what they've been told to do. Mm. Um, it's just a problem with that initial instruction, I think. Yeah, I, I I think the one good thing that we've seen in terms of her, other than her own movie appearances, is I do think they have established her kind of dynamic with everyone else pretty mm. well. Yeah, they I, have. Yeah, I think in uh, the Shang-Chi after credits scene and Endgame, um, even though it's still to me unclear. I can't. I think the thing about her character so far is I struggle to really grasp on something about her. Like I don't really, I don't know. There's something kind of mysterious about her, but not in a fun way. <laughs> um, and but I do think they've made it very clear that whenever she's in a room uh, with the Avengers or whatever, they all have a sort of similar reaction to us so far. I think <laughs> of like, who the hell are you, and why are you so confident? <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, yeah. I just think this film could. I don't know what they're doing. Obviously, I don't think it's going. To, this was a film where the main priority is let's you know 
do a Captain Marvel 2 film, but, but you know, I hope they have some sort of reju- rejuvenation sort of thing with that sort of side of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, what else? I mean, well, I guess my big question for you is, out of all the cameos that we've heard about, what do you think is the most likely, aside from Patrick Stewart at this point, I guess? Um, so yeah, I think I think we can we can probably put Patrick Stewart in the cat- category of confirmed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, of all the other, because there is quite a lot rumored. Um, hmm. <sighs> um, I'd given given sort of the silhouette thing, even though it's not much to go on. Given the silhouette that people have pointed out, I would probably say that Ewan Grufford's a good bet. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if we are going down the early two thousands route. Yeah. I also while there there isn't anything in the trailer to suggest it, I would probably say that Toby Maguire's a safe bet as well. Oh really? Uh, mainly because of, of Raimi, I think. Yeah. If they're doing a big multiversal film and they've already got him back for one thing, mm-hmm. I don't think they'd miss the opportunity to even if it's literally just him Swing. I don't know. <laughs> Even if it's just like a portal opening, just seeing him wave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I I think, yeah. I mean, honestly, I had I had a very <laughs> strong reaction to Noe Horm and his appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's an element of extra kind of a cherry on top if it's going to be the idea. This is the idea <laughs> of Tori Maguire on a cinema screen and he's in that Spider-Man suit or even just as Peter Parker blue you know, his blue Peter Parker attire and uh, and the idea that Sam Raimi is behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's like, that is dreams. That, that's, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, that is insane to me. I, I do hope it's true. Like, I know that I try to have like this sort of, I don't know, I don't want to say intellectual because that's too far, <laughs> but it's sort of, you know, a, a kind of a wary eye on fan service and nostalgia and all that sort of thing. But there are certain things that I just can't, I can't like say no to. <laughs> like, I don't care if it makes no sense. Like having to- Toby in a movie with Sam Raymond directing is the best possible future, you know, the best um, possible timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is, I suppose there's also a fairly healthy chance of there being other X-Men. Yeah, maybe. Um, question of Magneto. Um, um, because if you if you told me beforehand hmm. that the they were they were bringing Professor X into the, and they're sharing the trailer, yeah. I have to be honest. I would have assumed that they'd use James McAvoy. Me too. Yeah. Uh, but they've they've gone for Patrick Stewart, so I don't know whether with it being kind of a multiversal thing, whether they'll have Patrick Stewart and Michael Fassbender, which would be very weird. Yeah, that'll be odd. <laughs> um, will it be Ian McKellen? Um, mm. I would lose my shit if they brought Hugh Jackman back. Me too. Me I too. would. I would. Oh yeah, that would. I mean, for, for me, for me, that would probably be just as big as seeing Toby or Andrew. Because mm-hmm. he is iconic in so many ways. And mm-hmm. I, I think, think. I think even the post we're doing for next week. Did I put him as number one? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, I think I did. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that would be insane to me if they did do that. Uh, yeah, I think. Well, I think it's insane to me because I, I, before this trailer and before the you know the confirmation that Patrick is going to have some sort of 
even just one scene. Um, before that, I would have said there's no way they're going to get Patrick Stewart or um, uh, Hugh Jackman back mm-hmm. because of the way they felt about the Logan film. Yeah. Where there was this very, I think there was very much this kind of, they said it over and over again, I think, where there's very much kind of like this idea that no matter what happens with Fox and Marvel or, you know, the X-Men franchise by itself going forward, um, that they were, like, definitely done. Like, there was this sort of thing where, this is really actually kind of an emotional moment on the Graham Norton show, weirdly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think uh, I remember the interview, yeah. Yeah, and it's literally just, um, uh, it's Patrick Stewart and he's kind of talking to Hugh Jackman almost privately, but it's like on camera, so it's weird. But yeah. um, he's like, I, well, I've got, I got some news to tell you because we watched the film for the first time with an audience or something like last week and they found it really emotional and it was two decades of their life coming to a close and their kind of friendship and a career, a friendship at least. And um, it was, apparently she was like, oh, this is definitely going to be the last one. And it's like, no matter what, because it's just the film was too good to embellish that with one more entry that's not as good, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm just wondering how they convinced Patrick Stewart from that sort of end point to come back to play potentially the same character from maybe the same universe. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's, that's another question, Mark. Yeah, and I think, but I think even Patrick Stewart, I just can't, maybe I'm just being, you know, <laughs> like just mean to him, but I can't imagine him hearing about this whole multiverse concept <laughs> of him going, ah, yes, I get it. And I get that <laughs> the technicality here is that I'm not playing that ex that Xavier, but different Xavier. And therefore it's all okay for me to come back. So I, I'm just confused as to how they got him back and maybe it's just a lot of money. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think part of it would be that if they if they did get Hugh Jackman and Ian McKellen as well. Because I, I I remember that same interview before Logan came out. Because yeah. um, they had all three of them, didn't they? They had I think Ian McKellen was there for a different film. He was, yeah. But it was all three of them on, on the thing, and they're they're all joking. It's probably one of the best interviews I've ever seen. Yeah, I watch it once every six months. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so good, and it's yeah. just I would I think from the standpoint of if you get those three on screen again, mm. oh, <laughs> yeah. it could be incredible. <laughs> Especially, I, well. I mean, I don't think it would be an action sequence because. No. Although, although then again, neither of Ian McKellen or Patrick Stewart really have to do anything for an action sequence. Not much. I mean, all, all Patrick Stewart has to do is touch his head, and all <laughs> Ian McKellen has to do is just raise his arm like he was a Jedi. And yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I think it would be surreal to see all three of them again. The, I mean, personally, I lean more towards the idea that they're not the X Men from our uh, understanding of what they were. Like, yeah. I think this is going to be. A variant of some sort. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd agree because although I think the question probably comes from the fact that we obviously we saw Xavier and Wolverine die in Logan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Logan is set in the future. It is. Yeah, and there is a decent window of. I think I'm, I'm, I don't think we entirely know what the window is. But there is a window of time between the last time we see those versions of them characters mm. and Logan. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's inconceivable that it it would be the same version, but 
I don't know, it depends on what they do, because if they have them there and they all get murdered by Wanda, (laughs) (laughs) then obviously they're not the same version. Yeah. Do you think they they would do that, though? I wouldn't wouldn't say it's an uncertain... uh, Sorry, I wouldn't rule it out. I think... I think it's unlikely, but I can see them doing it. I can see them maybe doing it. Because I think the main difference here is that with the Raimi films and the even the Andrew Garfield films, they were still like there was still like a fan base that loved those versions, mm. and especially the, obviously the Tobey Maguire Raimi films. But but with when it comes to the kind of up and down X Men films and yeah. the the Fantastic Four films and all that, that sort of thing. They're very much kind of the like the the unloved kind of corner of the Marvel films. <laughs> um, so I do kind of I wouldn't be surprised if they bring back you know like you said like Mister Fantastic and maybe have him be killed off in some mm. sort of way. And I guess as well <clears throat> it would help if they didn't make it clear that it's the same actor but it's just a variant. Mm. And yeah, they could do that. And I think well, yeah, there's I... a lot. Of... <clears throat> Sorry. This is, but I mean, there's a lot of theories around before even the trailer came out that um, this film would be sort of a, an entry point for mutants coming into the MCU, and yeah, I think I think everyone agrees. I think even Kevin Feige definitely knows for sure that as much as the Fox X Men films had their ups and downs and some great films and some bad films and all that sort of thing, mm-hmm. there was definitely the air of nobody wants to. People might want to go back to it at some point, but I don't think people want to have that be the main X-Men of this MCU. Mm. Um, so they definitely have to find a way to inject mutants into the MCU, but at the same time have the history of mutants yeah. and what they mean. <laughs> yeah. So That's it's, the thing. Yeah, it's confusing. As well, right? I remember around the time of WandaVision, people were saying that they could do like a reverse of what they did in the comics with Scarlet Witch. Yeah. She says no more mutants, but maybe have her say, have her create the mutants in like a flip on that. Yeah. Um, like, like you were saying, the Court of Owls. I actually read that comic recently. Mm-hmm. A House of them. Good. Recommend it. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's also really weird reading it, knowing that everyone was saying before One Division how One Division is going to be based on House of M. Then reading House of M, where the main character is is actually Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit unusual. Um, but yeah, and so they could, I suppose, they still could do that. But like you said. They wouldn't have the history that they really need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think the multiverse and all that sort of thing—that's just a perfect. If a bit kind of, you know, a bit wishy-washy sometimes. Like it could be a perfect kind of, you know, they were always here, but they're just from a different universe, and you didn't mm-hmm. know, and whatever. Yeah, and we, we can have, you know, Magneto be have his his normal kind of history of being a Holocaust survivor and all that without. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That it's just weird because. I also, I've always kind of thought that whilst the Fox X-Men films all were up and down, like I keep on saying, <laughs> um, yeah, that they, the X-Men work best for me, and it's true in the comics as well, when they're just doing their own thing without the Avengers mm. at all around them. Yeah. Like, maybe Spider-Man is dating Kitty Pride, <laughs> Like, maybe that's <laughs> happening. Like, there's not... Maybe the Avengers like knock on their door and say, "Can you help with this?" And they go, "Fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, they kind of—I just like the idea that they have their own thing going on. And so I don't know. I mean, I like the idea of them being the MCU, but I don't know how much it benefits them 
Um, yeah. Other than obviously, you know, a reboot where Kevin Feige allows him to have, you know, the costumes and all that sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, which would be, oh, God. If we, as well as like obviously uh, Mr. Fantastic and all that sort of, and all, those, all those characters, imagine seeing like a variant who's not going to be the MCU version of Cyclops, but he's just a Cyclops in that room and he's wearing the blue suit oh, with the yellow strap oh, and all that. Imagine. I would have a Jean Grey who's just wearing the, the Phoenix outfit and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And like oh, that if, they get, if they got, what, oh, what's his name? Um, is it Marsden? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, oh, um, Let me have a look. James Marsden? Jay, that sounds right. Let me just have a little check. <clears throat> yeah, James Marsden. If they got James Marsden, he was wearing the proper suit. Yeah. Oh. That would be good. <laughs> it would. Ah, oh. because yeah. I mean the scenes. Yeah, because those X Men films just avoided it so much, you know. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that would be a good way of saying these aren't the X Men from those films. Yeah, because they they so much went against it that it would make sense to be like these aren't these versions because clearly clearly they're going towards the outfits that we always have seen and all that sort of thing. And whilst you as well, we are getting um. Oh, actually, that's another point I need to bring up. Um, in that, there's a shot of Doctor Strange being pulled through like different universes and all that sort of. Yeah. You know, they're kind of you know we've seen it before, I guess, in the first film, but I think this one's going to be more insane because it's not just the mirror dimension, but it's like actual other dimensions. <laughs> um, and I think for like a split second in the background, you can see that the next dimension he's going to go into is a cartoon dimension. Really? Yeah, it's like a cartoon, and you can see like a traffic horn that's definitely like it's just like hand painted. Um, so I am wondering, and it would be it would be insane if this happens, <clears throat> but I think this film could do it. We are getting the revival of the X Men TV show. TV show. Oh my god! And what if? Oh. <laughs> what if he gets pulled through, and for even like thirty seconds, we see like cartoon but maybe i don't know maybe try to do it live action maybe let's do a cartoon form but like you know those iconic x-men characters in their costumes with their voice actors and we see like what do you call it a rogue but she's actually you know the rogue from that tv show in the comics and you know oh my god we see gambit and it's that gambit you know um god that would be insane <laughs> oh i can't get that out of my head now <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be incredible. Because if there's any film to go into an animated universe in the MCU, it's going to be a film called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that, that, that's sort of the basic thing that we just expect. Just yeah. as long as you actually live up to that title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as, as long as I'm looking at a screen at some point and literally going, this is mad. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, just yeah. per- again, perfect to go back to. Like, it was like, it's perfect that Sam Raimi is directing more film but not only that, it's a Steve Ditko creation, um, similar to Spider-Man, and it's also mm-hmm. um, a film with a title in it, with a word in it called Madness. Like, this, that just makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I suppose, I suppose one other little thing I wanted to mention was, sort of going back a little bit, we mentioned um, the idea for maybe killing people and members of the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Um. There are there are um, sort of rumours 
that they're doing alternate versions of the Avengers. Hmm. Yeah, Which I, heard about I suppose Maria Rambo as Captain Marvel does kind of indicate it might be true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because he would be like a different, yeah, different Marvel person. So yeah, and obviously, I think the the big first moment of like, oh my god, we're just doing different variants. The entire movie maybe is the Ultron bots. That we, yeah, the Ultron mm-hmm. bots that we see. Um, which, you know, they look like actual Ultron bots, which, you know, I wouldn't say that um, the previous version that we saw in the movie Age of Ultron didn't look like Ultron bots, but these look like, I don't know how to put it, but they just look like Ultron bots. <laughs> um, yeah. So, it, you know, it could mm-hmm. be... So, which, which would indicate, like, if, if they did do alternate versions, maybe Fonda will kill them. Yeah, maybe. Um and we heard rumors for a while, and I, I would love this if we see uh, the like the superior Iron Man that sort of mm-hmm. like version on the character, and it is played by Tom Cruise, <laughs> um, the famous almost casting sort of thing. And mm-hmm. I honestly, I think, oh god, that would be incredible. Um, I seriously doubt that we will ever see Robert Downey Jr. in these films again, for yeah, at least unlikely. If it's not gonna, if it's gonna be, if it's not gonna be never again, it will be like in ten years time, not now. I don't think, mm-hmm. um, and I don't even think that Robert Downey Jr. having his last film be so recent would be kind of, oh, like oh, it's a very therefore it doesn't count. I think he, <laughs> even he kind of knows that would be the kind of way to come back so soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think this, we're going to see a different Iron Man, whether it's Tom Cruise or someone else completely. I don't know, but yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Because as well, there, there was somebody suggested that I think there was a rumor that John Krasinski is involved in it somehow. Oh, okay. Because now the, the thing with that is, I don't know if that's going to be, if they stick with the logic of the almost casting, <clears throat> is he going to be an alternate Captain America? Oh. Could we see like, could we see the Hydra Captain America, for example? That could happen. Yeah, that's a good point. Or is he going to be the MCU's Reed? <laughs> I don't know. I think, I don't know. I mean, I think the only way that happened is that they were casting the new uh, Fantastic Four film mm-hmm. and they realised that I would do a scheduling or just not right for the part as it's turned out. Um, he wasn't good for, he wasn't actually going to be the read that they were actually going to have in their MCU but they still want him around for like one appearance. Mm-hmm. I think that could have been what happened if, the, if he's in the film, that could be sort of like He's either Captain America or he's uh, a, a, a Richard Reed variant, um, mm-hmm. which again would be like really cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> really would. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I, I do have the question though, because um, how long do you think these sort of cameos and all that sort of thing, oh, the whole like runtime of the film, how long do you think the film will actually be about, or like on that sort of doing that situation for? <clears throat> um. It does strike me as it's it, it like a major plot point. Mm-hmm. The idea that um, Doctor Strange is being punished <clears throat> for what he's done in the messing with the multiverse and people, you know, they've they've, they've basically arrested him mm-hmm. and he's been brought before this Illuminati council and yeah. he, he might be held for a bit because there's also, I think there's also, I can't remember if it's in the trailer or if it's in a TV spot. But the way they're in like a fairly large room and there's like big glass cabinets. Yeah. And America Chavez is in one of the cabinets. Mm-hmm. And then there's Christine Palmer in the middle of the room. 
Yeah. Then two Ultron bots. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. I can see this maybe coming around sort of the mid the midpoint maybe. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I I don't see them having that big of a role. Yeah, I can beyond yeah. like a. He's been arrested. Then there's a big fight that breaks out where wanders against the alternate Avengers or is against the X Men or something like that. But I think that mm. would probably more likely to be the bulk of the middle of the film. Yeah, I can see that definitely. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's difficult to gauge because everything that's been rumored to happen, this could be end up being a very long film. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it could be. I mean. I mean, we said that we said the same thing about in No Way Home, but it ended up being not. It wasn't like you know the Batman length, <laughs> so no. maybe they could fit it in and it could work. Um, mm. I, but I can, yeah, I think looking at it now, I think about it, it could be uh, structurally. There could be like a like you know twenty minutes in the multiverse breaks open for real in his universe, and then the second act is sort of they go to this the Illuminati facility uh, uh, yeah, the Illuminati facility and do you know cameos and all that sort of thing and figuring things out and then the midpoint is maybe that that whole thing gets blown up by Wanda or mm-hmm. some evil Doctor Strange or whoever um, yeah that makes that probably does make sense and I think do you, is I don't know if it's confirmed or not and I think it is but and it would make sense but is um is the evil Doctor Strange the one from the What If TV show? I don't know. Because um, if it's not, it then... It weirdly doesn't make that much sense if it is, because the Doctor Strange in, in the What If isn't mm. really that evil. He, mm, yeah. Not by the end, anyway. He do, Yeah, he does come... Yeah, because he kind of gets thrown into the whole defeat Ultron thing, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he gets roped in. Yeah, and that I can't remember exactly how where the characters left, but I don't. But okay, I think what could happen, <laughs> maybe, is that he's brought into the the MCU timeline with Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. and he at some point realizes that um, Christine Palmer, I think is her name, um, yeah. is alive in his universe, and nothing's came from it really, mm-hmm. which is you know what his main issue was that it was some sort of nexus point of like you can't avoid her death yeah um and i think i do think that could be really really interesting if that's what sends him over the edge and he kind of gets i yeah i just wonder i'm I'm also wondering out of the trailer we haven't talked much about the zombie strange that we've seen at the end Mm -hmm. and the like the undead or whatever the dark dimension uh, strange um and i think I'm wondering if that's a variant or that's just our Doctor Strange being put through a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that like, crossed my mind as well. Um, mm. If it's just hell unleashed upon this one Doctor Strange or... Cause, because if I remember rightly, there's... In What If, mm. doesn't... Doesn't the more evil Doctor Strange absorb the other Doctor Strange? Yes. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So maybe it could be a case, maybe, of something like the evil Doctor Strange is absorbing the other Doctor Strangers, mm. because because there's also like a bit where there's like quite a few arms. Yeah, like a lot of zombie arms coming out of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it could be the case of you know he's absorbed a lot of Doctor Strangers, and all of a sudden 
shit's getting a bit crazy. It's a bit too much for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there is also that sort of zombified Doctor Strange. And people were suggesting that one of the shots is Zombie Wanda as well from the What If. Yeah, we see I, like... I don't, yeah. I don't think that's the case. I think it's just Wanda on a mad one. Yeah, there's, I think looking back it on... Looks, she looks like she does in that shot where with the Raimi cam. <laughs> she looks a bit similar to how she does there. Yeah, yeah. I think looking back on um, Age of Ultron and her first appearance, they definitely went for a kind of a, a creepy kind of uh, movement to her. Like I forget sometimes that her first appearance is like she like fast, like quickly walks back and forth between areas. I don't know how to put it, but like it's. She's like she does something to Captain America's mind, and then she walks yeah. backwards out of the door, mm-hmm. and something like that. And it's kind of there's sort of a creepy sort of like, sort of um, aesthetic to her. And I think sometimes, I think we kind of went away from that recently. But I think this film is maybe bringing that back because she's a mm-hmm. villain now, kind of. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that. I'm really hoping that they. Do you, I don't want to say well yeah do you just do you just to the character of Wanda, but also don't like hold her back because <laughs> yeah I don't know how to put it but yeah I well I didn't I didn't really see them doing it I would love it if they just went yeah she's completely evil now <laughs> <laughs> yeah because I would kind of like that fully unleashed Wanda versus Doctor Strange fight yeah definitely yeah and uh, also I think having Wanda be like the the fully evil once a hero but now kind of evil that mm-hmm. sounded that was a rhyme um, <laughs> um uh um doing that sort of thing i think with the x-men coming in it kind of gives them an excuse to at least for a long long time to not tackle the dark phoenix story because we've seen it done twice now um both not particularly great so it kind of gives the MCU to have an excuse to have their own Dark Phoenix saga, Dark Phoenix saga without yeah. doing the Dark Phoenix saga for the third time, <laughs> um, so they can do that and also therefore completely, at least for a long time, I think, move away from Jean Grey has got something going on in the back of her mind. Who knows? And you know, just you know, I want to avoid that for as long as possible in live action. <laughs> um, and Wanda can kind of fill that role for the MCU, I guess, if they want to do that. Um, and also, I just believe that Wanda is a very formidable villain, really. Mm-hmm. Like, not only just her powers, but just her performance by Elizabeth Olsen is very much like, I can see that her being a very good villain role. Um, yeah, but there are parts where you think, oh, that, that is actually quite intimidating. Mm-hmm. And there's, this, like, there's oh, also, yeah, this yeah, is a great line in the trailer, and I think it's, I think they're reacting to it as being very weird, because mm-hmm. she, um, she says something like, a, you know, you break the rules and you're a hero and I break them and I'm, you know, a villain and all that. And then I heard that and I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. And I thought about it for like two seconds and I was like, but yeah, but, you know, Doctor Strange did that to save a kid from, like, hell. And then it was essentially an accident that he then had to fix by sacrificing, you know, this kid's, you know, life and his, you know, awareness of his, you know, his loved ones and all that sort of thing. And he did it for the, the betterment of the universe mm-hmm. and all that. Um, whereas Wanda, you know, again, understandably in in certain lights, kind of, you know, went through a lot, but you did enslave an entire town (laughs) (laughs) and you did kind of 
experience from back from the dead that didn't want to be back from the dead and you kind of created life with your children <laughs> and you know all these different things i'm like yeah but i can see where you're coming it's just definitely has that villain sort of thing of, i see where you're coming from but you're not you know on the right path here <laughs> yeah. it's that kind of that um like i suppose she does kind of have a point with what she's saying mm-hmm. but it's that kind of villain logic of i don't know how to describe it it's, it's, it's villain logic yeah it's that thing of i got hurt therefore i'm gonna hurt everyone else yeah so yeah, yeah. And, and that aside she does have a pretty he- pretty solid motivation in wanting to get them kids yeah. back yeah and even in you know it's weird that we have a villain or whatever this might be and we have an entire tv show dedicated to her mm-hmm. um which is you know it's unusual and, and nice that we have that because we have literally a story from her perspective before we even get to see her in the role as an antagonist um mm-hmm. so yeah that could be really fun <laughs> yeah it's a lot of a lot of possibilities <laughs> yeah it's a lot of um, madness yeah i think that's that's what we're what we're hoping for, and if it does do that, then I'm going to be happy. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I, I, I just like you said, I just want to be there and, and feel that. Yeah, this is madness. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's just you know, it's just a perfect sort of marriage of you know, MCU go crazy, have a billion dollars, and also get Sam Raimi to direct it, and <laughs> the movie is called Mulan's Madness. And I think in the past I've kind of had this sort of realization recently that because marvel have made so much money and they're always going to make a lot of money back um this is a weird thing where i think with i think for the most part the movie i saw it with was in uh shang chi where i was like if you just cut the budget in half and made a smaller scale story i think this would benefit and but i think it's the opposite the opposite is true here where i'm thankful that this can this can be as insane as it wants to be and go as big as it's like uh, as big as it can and mm-hmm. pay all his actors to come back <laughs> um which you know it's something only marvel can do now that they've made you know the highest person film of all time and all that sort of thing yeah. so yeah yeah that's insane <laughs> i'm so excited me too <laughs> and to think that we've got We've got those. We've got. We've got that. We've got the Batman before it, mm. and then we have. We have to have Moon Knight in between. Yeah. No. Right. God damn it. Um. Yeah. I suppose. I suppose it would be very unfair of me to ask you now. Mm-hmm. What are you more excited for, the Batman or Doctor Strange? Ooh. It's a cruel one, isn't it? Yeah. Because on the one hand, you have one of my favourite directors making <laughs> an insane film with again. I know I shouldn't really be focused on this point of the entire film, but the idea that I could see Tobey Maguire <laughs> doing whatever with Sam Raimi behind the camera. Mm-hmm. And, but on the other hand, you have a film about a character that I love from a director that is really exciting, and uh, music that's really exciting, and cinematography that looks amazing. And yeah, that's... It's a difficult one. I'm not going to make you choose. Yeah, yeah. Do you but know which one? Like, I feel like... I'm always hesitant of saying which one I'm more excited for. Cause it kind of feels like you're putting the other one down. Mm-hmm. Which but you, yeah, it's I'm not, not really because that. It, it's fine margins in that he's <laughs> literally like, I'm insanely hyped for both of them. Yeah, I am too. I think if I say I'm more excited for one than the other, it's not really a, a knock at the other one. It's more just mm-hmm. like, 
tomorrow you can ask me the same question and it could change. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I've got no idea. It's, <laughs> it's a similar thing back to um, December, Norway Home and Matrix 4. I was like, sure, I think, I think I'm more excited for the Matrix, but at the same time, any given hour, you could tell, ask me, I, I wouldn't, it would change each time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's in the same time we're living in. I know, what a time um, to be alive. Yeah. And I know, you know, the world is, you know, there's a lot of bad things going on <laughs> and all that. Yeah, that's but, true. You know, yeah. yeah, We're on the but, brink of World War Three here, so. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, we have, you know, we've got <laughs> Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's an hour and a half on two films. Good job. Oh, my God, yeah. We've, we've done a good job there. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to move on to your next choice? Um, oh, I'm just looking at the list now, see. Um, I suppose there's... Where do I go from here? <laughs> um, I suppose one that... I suppose it does... It does feed off what, in a way, what we've just talked about with people coming back to roles about twenty years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not one I'm necessarily as excited for as I am for those two, mm-hmm. um, but I know it's something that a lot of other people are excited about. Yeah, um, it's personally a film that, yeah, I'll, I'll probably see it. That's all I can say about it. <laughs> um, Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, that was my next choice. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, because I'm unusually excited for it. I think. Oh yeah. 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 But what are you? What? Yeah. What are you feeling about it? I think it is in the back of my mind. The last two films. <laughs> um, I enjoyed Jurassic World. Um, yeah. Well, I don't think it's. It, I don't think it's a patch on the very first film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did still enjoy it. I think it had a lot of likable elements to it. Mm. The more recent one. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> laser dots. That's all I've got to say. Yeah. Laser pointers. Uh-huh. Um. But yeah, I think I am. I am more excited for this than I would be for the last. I have was for the last one. Mm-hmm. And then building it as this sort of bigger, bigger finale kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think it has a more interesting hook than the previous two have had because the other two have very much been well the Jurassic World was it, it was essentially it's the first one again yeah I have much. to be honest um, and the second one I can't even remember the premise of the second one the volcano was erupting and something with um, the bidding on dinosaurs for some reason <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, however, I do think this one has an interesting hook mm-hmm. in that the dinosaurs are just out there. Yeah. They're just chilling and, and people can't seem to coexist with them. Mm-hmm. I think that is a lot more interesting. And having the original three big dogs back, <laughs> I think is a massive boost to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sam Neill is looking magnificent now, I say. He is, isn't he? He's got great hair. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking great. Yeah. Um, as as are the other two, Laura Dern and uh, Ian, uh, Ian Malcolm, which is Jeff Goldblum, that's the name. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Dern. hoping they're in it more than Jeff Goldblum was in the last one. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think the last one was, 
I think even from the trailers, we all knew that it was going to be going to be like one or two scenes in the same boardroom. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's all we saw of him. So, yeah. But yeah, I am. I am probably more cautious about this than anything. Yes, yeah, like, I want to be excited because it's these. It's this two half thing of me where I'm watching the trailer and I'm getting quite like, oh, this is. I'm quite. I'm weirdly excited for this one. I had no idea I was. Um, where it's a two half thing where I watch the trailer. Like, oh yeah, there is Sam Neill and there's Laura Dern, Ian Malcolm, Ian Malcolm, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> um, and they're doing their thing. And they could be. I, don't know, I, I like those characters a lot from the first film. I love the first film. That's not a question. Um, even I even enjoy this, the second film. Um, I agree. Actually, I think yeah. especially that that sequence where they're in like the trailer. Yeah, that's a great sequence. I love that. Yeah. It's, I think, you know, I think every sequel has its its pros and cons. I think, mm-hmm. I do think for me, the, the, the worst one, the one that has its least sort of best, the best sort of things is the, the recent Fallen Kingdom one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just from the get-go, that film is a bit weird. <laughs> and <laughs> it doesn't really get that much better. But I do think the ending of that film was a really good idea. And I'm very thankful that this film is carrying on that sort of idea that the dinosaurs are outside in the real world now. Mm-hmm. And so I do think the big kind of issue that the sequels always had from the first film on from the second film onwards was the kind of the idea that the characters would ever go back to the island. Mm-hmm. And it, they always had some sort of excuse and it was always kind of like, I guess... I guess you would go back for that, but not really. I like, guess, especially Sam Neill in the third one. Why would you ever go back? Um, <laughs> and there's just sort of this weird thing of um, this weird thing of like this, the wonder and sort of the 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 philosophy and all that sort of and the thing behind the first film that takes up the entire first half first half of the film is always kind of reduced with every film because the wonder of seeing a dinosaur was kind of lessened because. Mm-hmm. Number one, we've seen a dinosaur before in the films and from the first film, and both of the characters have, and also the characters that went through the the horrifying situation they've been through before. So you know, you have Ian Malcolm in the second film being like, "Oh, so yeah, so yeah, it's all woo and ah until it's running and screaming," and that's the there's like one second of like wondering awe of dinosaurs, and that kind of continues for every film. Jurassic World tries to get it back, but yeah, I mean, like you said before, I think the this one has a better hook than the last two did because I think the first film had a very weak hook, like a weak, like a weak kind of like this is a new entry sort of thing where the whole point of the film, or at least like the whole marketing point, was the park is actually open and people are going to it and it's it's working and this Starbucks is open next door to it, it's that dinosaur park, <laughs> and I just never understood why that was interesting to anyone personally as sure it's and it, this park is now open but it's just going to you know the same thing as the first film and the second film didn't have much going for it <laughs> um aside from the ending uh which was i genuinely love the ending to that film where the dinosaurs get released and decided the final epilogue sort of montage of dinosaurs in the real world and this trailer has from the get-go that that wonder and awe because you're seeing dinosaurs, but for the first time you're seeing them in human civilization. And for me, that's kind of the, the new hook for me at least. And like even that shot of um, Chris Pratt on the motorbike in, um, I'm assuming Italy, and 
mm-hmm. there's like two T-Rexes there and like seven raptors. It's like there's certain, there's, I don't know how to put it, but there's a certain different kind of awe that comes with that and like um, spectacle that comes with that. And I'm hoping the film can kind of maintain that energy going forward. Um, but again, I don't love the Chris Pratt character or the Bryce Dallas Howard character. And seeing that shot of Sam Neill and Chris Pratt together and all like the teams colliding sort of thing, it really made me aware how much I don't like the new cast. <laughs> because I just didn't really care seeing them in that shot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it kind of it's a mixed bag. Um, but also, you know, it could be good. So I did. I did read. I don't know if you ever got around to reading the 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 Duel of the Fates script that Colin Trevorrow. I, I didn't. In the end, I only, I've read like a briefer version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's I, I know at the very least it's interesting. Like, there's a lot of parts that I do like about it. Yeah, it's there's also parts that I'm not so. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say I totally agree, and I think I think but what surprised me the most about it reading it was how it wasn't particularly leading towards the nostalgic aspect of Star Wars. It was it was quite mm-hmm. new and fresh and interesting, even though it wasn't perfect. And that mm-hmm. surprised me because I thought Jurassic World was one of the most kind of just, we're doing the, thing, the same thing again sort of film. Um, and I, I was surprised that he wrote a script or had a co-wrote a script that was so weird and interesting and not quite Star Wars, but still Star Warsy enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if, because the way I've seen travel um, uh, talking interviews is that he's excited. He's been making this trilogy to, to get to this film, mm-hmm. which again I'm kind of like, why didn't you just make this film to begin with? Um, <laughs> but I guess you know trilogies make more money or something like that. Um, so I'm, I think this is the one where he cares the most and wants to get to this the most. And the I mean it's kind of weird and. Uh, small kind of miracle that they got to the third film and only at this point said let's get everyone back together yeah because it's you know you would think that that would be the automatic go-to thing of bring sam neill back in jurassic world one like why mm-hmm. wouldn't you i mean star wars did that at the same year it was the first jurassic world film and all yeah that it did the same year yeah so it's it is weird that that didn't happen until now um but yeah and I just think this one could at least be very, very fun, if not as good as, you know, the first one or anything like that, but just the first properly different and new sequel since the first one. <laughs> um, yeah. That's yeah. all I have to say. I don't, I don't, I'm just very really confused about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a weird strategy that they've only got them... because. Initially, I'd say, well, you know, fair enough, good on them for focusing on the newer characters. Mm. If the newer characters were, were 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 benefited by the amount of time they've been given, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but at the same time, we, we we are where we are with this, and if this is the film they've been waiting to make, yeah, let's see what they've got. Let's go for it. Mm-hmm. Um. If they're excited, I'll be excited. Yeah. Because there generally has been quite a bit of buzz from the people that have been making it. Yeah, it definitely has that sort of... I don't know, I, I remember the, the last one coming out, 
even though it was a sequel to a very popular movie in terms of box office, the trailers and there weren't very good trailers anyway, but then even the cast and the interviews and all that sort of thing just didn't seem particularly, I don't know, it didn't seem particularly like hyped about it or anything like that. I just felt like they were doing a sequel because it made money the last time around. Um, and I didn't get the sense from that film, the second installment, that they were going in a direction that led to a trilogy sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is interesting to hear, the second one came out, that the idea was always a trilogy that led to this one. Um, which, you know, weirdly, looking back on it, it is kind of weird that this one had more of a plan in mind than Star Wars. <laughs> like, because Trevorrow really had that idea going in in the first film that it would eventually go here. He had more of an idea than J.J. Abrams did, at least. <laughs> so that is interesting. And not what I expected from this trilogy or anything like that. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate that say that this, this film is really, really good and it's the best one since the first one and it's, you know, maybe at the very least just the first one everyone goes, oh, that was actually good. Um, mm. it's, just a, it's just a real shame that there was one, two, three, four, yeah, four films in between that just weren't very good. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, I just, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. Um, yeah, I just, I'm excited for it. I think it could be the best sequel at the very least by far. Um, I just, I just am cautiously aware of it in the back of my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, there, 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 there is that caution pulling back on it. But, you know, close to the time, I can see myself becoming a lot more excited for it. Yeah. And also, the trailer for me actually, like, worked. Yes, it to... did, yeah. Yeah, to be fair to them, it did. Yeah. June 10th. Yeah. Um, oh, God, again. Very late, close. Right? <laughs> um, and cause I remember watching the trailers for the previous ones, the Jurassic World, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and kind of having this thing of, like, I don't really... I don't really have, even though I, I love the first one, I don't know why I'm not having this feeling of nostalgic sort of wonderment at, at coming back. Um, but it was sort of this missing element to me where I was like, I don't really care that much about this. <laughs> I will probably go see it and probably have a fine time. But um, but this trailer really has something, something extra to it, which was the new element to it, which was mm-hmm. every shot was something I was hoping would happen and something that just felt different at the very least um mm-hmm. yeah because i think these new films i don't know how i feel about it because i feel like the first film was definitely a horror film when it comes to the action side of it mm-hmm. um but i do think that these, these new films kind of lean more towards the action than as this action but not and not horror action um and i'm just wondering if that that sort of style just works better in this sort of their on a water bike in Rome, or you know, doing or in a plane, and the pterodactyl come down on them. Um, I'm wondering if it works better than in that sense with that sort of scope um, than the previous films did. Because yeah, something about the sequels where you're just like, oh, they go to a park and then it breaks free, <laughs> and then you know, it's always you know, mm-hmm. it's just a bit kind of samey, and it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's always unfortunate, but. Yeah, uh, it could be good. <laughs> yeah, it could be good. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. It's one to look. It's definitely one to look out for. I think it's the most exciting of the three, on paper. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. 
I'm ho- I'm hopeful. I'm just yeah, hopeful. Yeah, that's a good word. Hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you got uh, another one to to move on to? Uh, yes. Uh, my next one is uh, Nine Is Out Two. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. Ryan Johnson directing. Um, I don't think there's a there's a release date yet, but it is this year. Um, mm-hmm. we have Daniel Craig, Ed Norton. Didn't know that. Dave. Dave Bautista, Catherine Han, and Kate Hudson, and just many, many more, really. Um, and I'm just, I'm just so excited for this. Um, I love the first film a lot, and I think I've, because I did, I haven't seen the new uh, Death on the Nile or anything like that, but I have seen the Murder on, on, on uh, the Murder on the Orient Express uh, from Kenneth Branagh, that version, and mm. I, similar to, I think, an adventure film like Indiana Jones or Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, I have this sort of weird thing where I'm very kind and very kind of more forgiving to those adventure films and also murder mystery films. Yeah. And this, I just love the idea of them more than anything else. And I think sometimes I'm a bit too kind to some of them. But even it was so weird having a year where the iconic classic Murder on Orient Express came out and it was fine. And then, you know, this completely new film with uh with um with daniel craig doing a, an insane accent um came out in the same year and it was by far the better version of a murder mystery <laughs> <laughs> and I, I yeah i'm just in love with that character and this world and ryan johnson directing it and you know they're going to greece and they're having a, you know the you know there's a new setting and i'm excited more than anything to see how ryan johnson kind of uh, has a new take on the genre because you had a new take on the genre in the last film and it was you know it was kind of the split between a, a crime story and a detective story um, and this film could be I don't know I got no idea what he could do that's different um, I'm hoping for you know something new and different for him I can't imagine he'd write a script that isn't doing that um, yeah are you excited for this film? I am looking forward to seeing Daniel Craig in that I love that accent. I don't care what anyone says. They can call it bad, they can call it good, but I just love the accent. It's something just, just, just the best. Oh, I'm back. Oh, I'm well. Back. I was gone for a bit. Did we lose you for a second? <laughs> yeah, I got lost for a second then. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, my Wi Fi just went out for no reason, but now it's bad. Good, good, good. I'm just saying that um, <laughs> I just. Can't wait to see Daniel Craig back in the accent. I love the accent. I don't care what anyone says. I love the accent. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, just see what, what else um, Ryan Johnson's got up his sleeve in terms of being being very fresh because the other one was fresh. Like you said, it's it's a new spin to the to that sort of detective murder mystery kind of kind of genre. Um, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what else he's got up on, got up uh, his sleeve with this new setting. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you say it was, it's, it's on a Greek island? I think, it, yeah, I think it's just in Greece, and I think they're on a, it might be on a boat for a bit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely, yeah, it, it's something that I, I can really see this being like a something to almost to rival the idea of Poirot or the, the, the Agatha, Agatha Christie kind of story where there's this stuff roaming detective. Yeah, <laughs> and I just love the idea that this one is—he's not—he's not necessarily a buffoon, but he's got like that kind of 
absorbed unintentional humor about him oh yeah definitely um that I, very I, few I, other detectives have had mm-hmm. i think it's this weird thing that it came out in the same year i don't know why i'm comparing so much but the kind of brown power and then this when or when 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 blank Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc, there we go. Um, um, <laughs> I just found it really funny that, you know, the trailer came out for uh, the Niners Out and it was kind of like Dan the Crater in a weird accent and it's odd and he's doing a lot of weird things. And then at the same time, I had the other trailer for the other film and Bronner in that trailer looked not, you know, un like not, not weird, but first subdued and kind of the trailer was always really dramatic. And and really quite like oh this is going to be horrific and you know uh, tension film and all that and then to have like comparing the performances of like of Ken Browner who he, in my mind from the get go goes way too far with the character and the mustache and all that sort of thing like he just goes way too far of it mm-hmm. and I don't think he's well cast as himself in the role <laughs> um, which is weird because you know he did it to himself <laughs> and I just think Daniel Craig to me is in that role is so before even his like second scene is is so iconic um and just instantly likable and i think the best thing about him from the first film that we saw was this weird thing where he has the introduction and the sort of the the mystique of like a an amazing detective who's a world-renowned and amazing and then quickly whilst he is good at his job quickly unravels to being like a person who is helping out the killer and just barely works out in time at the very end <laughs> like i hope that continues in this one um because that was just really fun to have a character who everyone has that reaction to on the vict- on like the the suspects sort of list I'm like oh my god he might you know he might solve the case and oh, he might solve the case and find out who the killer is it might be me and whatever and all that and then to have him by like minute 40 just be kind of a a likable, smart, but still a buffoon. <laughs> just kind of trying to get through it is a really fun idea and very Columbo-esque, I guess. Hmm. Um, yeah, one of the biggest things that sort of praise I can give the first one is how it managed to be both Columbo and the conventional sort of the more familiar way of trying to figure out who the killer is. Yeah, yeah. Because you have this fact of you think you know who the killer is, and then it, it so it's, it, yeah, so it starts off as like a normal, fairly normal murder mystery, and then it becomes Columbo, and then all of a sudden it's no longer Columbo because who you thought that it didn't actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, as as Dan, as Benoit Blanc illustrated with his donut analogy. Mm-hmm. One of the best monologues in cinema. <laughs> it's perfection. I because I I no matter even if the film. Even the film's like not that great. Like even Murdering on Express recently that had a, a last minute reveal that was nah, to me very kind of disappointing. Um, the idea of a scene where someone is unraveling a mystery in real time and going through all of his thoughts at once in front of a crowd of people that are <laughs> listening to him um, is always really. I love that you know that idea of a scene, and I think. Nizar has one of the best ones ever because it's mm-hmm. literally this combination of he's so smart, he's working it out, and oh my god, it makes sense. And then the Craig's doing an amazing performance here, but at the same time, just the way he's wording it is so weird. <laughs> like, I think what I love about it is the fact that he's the character's obviously just so excited that he's figured it out. 
Yeah. At least yeah. he's figuring it out, but he's just blurting out errors in his head. Yeah. And because of the the whole film previous, mm-hmm. where you kind of feel like he's wanted behind the entire time and kind of an idiot. <laughs> not an idiot, but like not the world's best detective as you might believe he might be. Um it's kind of like he's so excited to be finally living up to his potential <laughs> by doing it finally. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a, it's a really good movie. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. So I, with Ryan Johnson, I just, you know, I just trust him. You know, even his, like, I mean, it's not really a film I've seen of his I haven't at least really, really liked. And, yeah, I, I, I'm wondering, you know, I'm concerned as to you know him saying that i'll do as many nice outfits as, as i want to and you know has many people want them that just concerned me in terms of like so are we getting the star wars trilogy <laughs> yeah because yeah. i was quite excited for that one <laughs> um yeah but they haven't unconfirmed it from Ryan Johnson. they haven't taken it down from the official star wars website so at some point we'll see <laughs> yeah i'd I'd love to see that Star Wars trilogy from him, mm-hmm. but I would also be happy with sort of Knives Out because he's also rare in that he's able to sort of write quite an interesting, uh, very interesting story, but also has that visual element to back it up. Yeah, there's a lot of clever visuals used in Knives Out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm yeah excited for Knives Out two and three, which apparently is also happening. So. Woo! I'm surprised. Watch trilogy. I'm really surprised it didn't go for like a wacky title. I'm mm. surprised it's Knives Out too, and not like Spoons in or whatever. Yeah, I'm not giving up hope. I still hope it's Spoons in. <laughs> yeah, I really hope it is too. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you have, Do you have another film to move on to? Um. Do I? I don't think I do actually. I think I just picked four. Um. <laughs> Yeah, the, the big four for me are those four, I guess. And in terms of like blockbusters, at least, and the big films coming out, yeah, that was my four. Yeah. Have you got any? Has Top Gun not come out? <laughs> no, not yet. I could have sworn they released it. No, no. The trailer came out like two years ago, I think. Yeah. Oh, there's Morbius. Speaking of trailers, uh, uh, oh, God, yeah. Morbius coming out two years after it was supposed to come out. Not, it's not just a case of of it being two years after the trailer. It's two years after it was first supposed to come out. Mm. Yeah, that's oh God. Yeah, I never seen that trailer for the first time and just losing my mind at how uh, this how much it was the Morbius film that it is. <laughs> yeah, um, and now now there are rumours that apparently for post credits, I saw that this is just something I saw. Casually, I don't know where it was from. Could be nonsense, but I did say for the post-credit scene, there's going to be one with Venom and one with Andrew Garfield. So, <laughs> I guess <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> just dumb with it. I really, yeah, me too. I, <laughs> as much as I want to see Andrew Garfield come back and Toby obviously come back, I just don't want to see them put into the Sony whatever universe it is. Because mm-hmm. it's not very good. <laughs> um, I, I I would say that the, the Venom sequel was probably better. It was an improvement, I think. It was it knew what it was at the very least. Yeah, but yeah. Um, just just just. 
I think the, the main problem for me is just please, please don't do Andrew dirty again. Yeah, again, don't please don't, because he must like he must think to himself, finally I've been in the MCU film Spider Man. What a dream come true. And he realizes that he can't be the main MCU Spider Man. Next has to be in the Sony universe. And he looks at Sony and goes, "Oh my God, Sony, what are you doing? <laughs> oh God!" Because it doesn't even. Yeah. It just makes no sense, and you know we have, we still have Michael Keaton having a scene for some reason. Oh um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I also forget about that part. I just. But, uh, well, I guess we'll just see. It gives me a headache. <laughs> I also imagine that that's sort of almost the same mentality that uh, the people at Marvel have to have. Mm, yeah. Because I, like, I find it tragically hilarious that Sony are doing this stuff with all the Marvel characters and Marvel just have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. I saw the interview of, um, I think it was around the time of Homecoming, where... Amy Pascal is next to Kevin Feige, and Amy says something about colliding the Sony Venom, whatever, with Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And Kevin has the eyes of like, he's losing his mind thinking, why are you saying this out loud? It's not true. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, just please, no. Don't do it. No, please don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I'm going back. I think I remember the expression on his face. Hmm. Yeah, true, Kevin. Um, yeah. Um, <sighs> as, as sort of other films that we haven't really mentioned, um, there's Halloween Ends. Oh, yeah. Coming out at Halloween. Oh, spooky. Uh, <laughs> uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Oh, my God, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's one of my favourites, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that. Yep, there's that. Um, Guillermo del Toro is Pinocchio. Oh yeah, that's kind of his, like his dream project, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Jordan, uh, not Jordan. Is it Jordan, is it Jordan Peele? Yeah. Is his name Jordan? Yeah. I've never I remembered so. his name being Jordan Peele. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know why that's confused me so much. Anyway, Jordan <laughs> Peele's Nope. Yep, I saw that trailer. It looks yeah. great. It's a good trailer. Yeah, it's really good. Um. Then of course, of course, of course the Flash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got, I've got reserved hopes for it. I think. Mm-hmm. I've got reserved it? hopes for it, but I think as soon as that comes out, it might probably going to be a case of just run for cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It's weird that the first Flash movie is a Flashpoint movie because mm-hmm. it's not about him for the most part <laughs> um, and I've, I've said it a million times if you're doing Flashpoint why aren't you using uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and, and Lauren Cohen as the Bat people please why why aren't you doing that it's, it's there know. it's perfect I know you don't have it's, to do anything <laughs> it's right there god uh, is it I know we're getting Michael Keaton for definite but are we getting Affleck is that is she coming back I think he's supposed to be in it. Oh, okay. But isn't isn't all the the uproar because they're supposedly replacing they're they're replacing uh, Batfleck with Keaton? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're going to do something to erase all the other yeah. like Henry Cavill, which doesn't make sense because there's going to be a Wonder Woman three, right? Mm-hmm. What's happening with her? 
Um, I don't what know. is that? Tell Henry. Tell me what is happening. <laughs> um, I have no idea. I think. I think isn't Pat Jenkins coming back to direct it? Yeah, <laughs> I thought she was. Right. But apparently it's all been erased. I don't know. Oh, well, I don't know. I, uh, I, and also isn't the super the super girl super woman um that we see in the trailer or at least in Seth was wearing the same kind of. Kryptonian outfit that Henry Cavill wears. I think she is. Yeah, yeah. So either I don't, I really don't know. Honestly, it's it's weird because it seems like the perfect film to bring all the characters back that we know and bring them into a new tone and atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But they're probably not gonna do that and just bring in the old old characters <laughs> that we thought were over. <laughs> I think that, that that just it just blows my mind in a way that somebody thought right. So we're rebooting this. Mm. We've got Matt Reeves doing doing Batman over there. Yeah. We can do anything with this Flash movie. Yeah. What do you want to do? I know. <laughs> Let's bring back Michael Keaton. <laughs> Let's bring back. Wait, wait, let me just check this. Let me, let, me, let me just check. Right. Let's bring back seventy-year-old Michael Keaton. Seventy-year-old. Jesus. I thought he was like sixty, maybe. Oh wow. He's only yeah. just seventy. No. <laughs> um, yeah, Let, let's bring him back. <laughs> wow, that is that's a surprising one. Actually, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, this film is, has the air of like we're making a flash film, but we're just going to cover it in a lot of different things that you know from the past, and therefore we'll want to see again. Um, and we were obviously very scared that No Way Home would have that sort of thing, or even Doctor Strange maybe, but. Um, I just don't trust. I just don't trust Warner Brothers with this sort of idea of a multiverse, because mm-hmm. um, I think they see it more than anything as just an opportunity to get some more money. Um, yeah, and it's weird because sometimes Warner Brothers make the most like clearly directed driven things, like <laughs> the Batman or the Dark Knight trilogy, or a lot of the Harry Potter films are very much just different directors having their own spin on it. Mm-hmm. And but then every once in a while you get like just sleek. Like what happened? Why? Why? Why do that? Very weird. <laughs> it's very weird until you know they've actually generally done quite well until DCE, DCEU. Yeah, it's yeah. It's it just weird. all seemed to be it all seemed to be fine. And yeah. then it just I don't know what it is with the I don't know. I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be honest, when it comes to like the Harry Potter franchise, circumstances haven't been particularly kind to them in terms of what's <laughs> happened with Johnny Depp and what's happened with J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that that was just genuinely good bad luck. <laughs> it kind of was. But, <laughs> but what are you doing with DC? Uh, they just they had like a plan in I don't want to say a plan, but they had like a tone in mind mm-hmm. where they were like, we're going to be the gritty, realistic, whatever universe. And then it didn't work out well, I guess. And then, but the idea for me was, I think it would have been at least better. If they just stuck out with their original plan for like the three films mm-hmm. with with, uh, <clears throat> with Snyder, and then just moved on from it and did yeah. their own thing again with exactly. not, and then but instead they just went, we'll half continue the Snyderverse sort of thing, mm-hmm. and keep the good things like Wonder Woman and all that sort of those characters, but we'll ignore Superman <laughs> and kind of Batman, but we'll bring them back in a different. Error and different form. Um, yeah, it's just 
I think that's also, what continuously baffles me is that they decided to to change sort of what they were going tonally, but Justice League had been filmed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's it's insane their choices because it just costs them more money as well. So why? Uh, I don't know. There's just like it's not. I don't want to say like there's you know this. I don't want to say this copy Marvel, uh, but there is like a template out there that has clearly worked. <laughs> Then obviously do your own spin on it and do your own get your own directors and your own vision, but also like there is a template out there that has worked and you just did something completely different that isn't working. But you're halfway between what I would like you to be, which is a studio who just makes these, you know, the Batman, which is a maybe a one-off Batman film with Matt Reeves directing it and he's just doing what he wants to do. Or, and the Suicide Squad. Yeah, the Suicide Squad. Again, James Gunn, do whatever you want, have fun of it. Want to do a TV show? Sure, do a TV show. It's just all in continuity, whatever. Um, even the drug, like the Joker film that we both don't particularly love, it's still like, it's weird that that movie happened. And it's just so, it is a Todd Phillips movie. It is his idea of it. And it is Joaquin Phoenix getting all room in the world to do what he wants with the character. Mm-hmm. And, but it's it's like, we're doing that kind of, but at the same time, we're doing the Flashpoint movie, and we're going to try to explain the multiverse, and we're going to try and bring these things back from the past, and we're going to ignore Henry Cavill for some reason. And I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then building on top of that, which doesn't help, we also have Black Adam. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, I forgot about that. What are, what are, what are we thinking? Because we had a bit of footage. We did. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think out of all the rock sort of projects, this one is looking to be at least interesting, I guess. Um, mm. I I don't trust it to be more than just kind of a fun time um, with the rock eventually just becoming the rock again by the end of the film. <laughs> um, but rock arc. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. The film's gone for the whole, he's actually a villain, but he's a main character sort of thing. But I don't think it'll last that long. Um, because it's the rock, and you can't do that with the rock anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I like the costumes a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, yes. I think I I also think it's partly bolstered by the fact that this is definitely like a passion project for the rock. Yeah, he's been working on it for like a decade now. I think it's it, it's not like a case of somebody needs a a lead male in an adventure film, and they thought, I know. <laughs> Get the rock. It, this is definitely something that he's the driving force behind. Yeah. Um. So that 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 is definitely something in its favour for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's not something I'm especially looking forward to, but it's something I'll I'll probably see. Yeah. Um. Earlier in the same month, because that that that's July twenty ninth. I've jumped about like mad here. <laughs> it's because flash is November. And I've gone back to July. <laughs> um. So eighth of July is. Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, okay. Cool. That's, I'm hoping for this film to be more Taika Waititi do what he wants to do. I think um, just from that, like, costumes that we've seen, I yeah. think we are going to get that. Mm-hmm. And I think something that um, kind of explained a lot about how I feel about Ragnarok, which is a film I like, but mm-hmm. I don't think I love it as much as everyone else kind of does. Um, and I think the main difference between this film and Ragnarok is that 
I believe Taika Waititi came on board to the film when the script was already written, mm-hmm. and then for the script was already there, he kind of made he kind of overlaid his own style on top of that, mm-hmm. and kind of said, "There's a scene where you know, Thor goes to some sort of planet, and he said, what about the planet was made out of trash and, and Jeff Goldblum's there, <laughs> and stuff like that." And I think this film, uh, being entirely Taika Waititi, could be really interesting and really fun and I, I love the idea that they're bringing back Jane Foster um mm-hmm. uh yeah so I'm very hopeful for it I hope it's good I imagine it probably will be and yeah um, how do you feel about it um yeah my hopes are quite high for it seen a bit a cheeky bit of the Guardians as well mm, yeah uh, yeah um as well so that that signature with Titi style I think I'm looking forward to having that sort of unshackled by anything mm-hmm uh, or at least not limited to to what, what's already been set out, like you said, with the, the script already having been written. Uh, and also sort of the Jane Foster storyline does set up, it's up quite, quite an emotional story, potentially, if it follows the some some of the plot points from like the the when she takes up the mantle in the comics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm um, sure I think there's something else I've missed. Um there's also, I suppose, the last three to go over, we've got... Obviously, there's more than these films being released. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for, for Marvel, there's also Black Panther, mm-hmm. uh, Wakanda Forever. We also have Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, mm-hmm. and Avatar 2. Oh, really? This year? Yeah, but, well, apparently it's the December 16th. This year, right? I didn't, I I didn't believe it ever come out. So I know, <laughs> did I? Kind of surprising, yeah. Um, it's also really weird that we're now in a phase where, like, a couple of years ago, I remember, especially it was the case for the Force Awakens, where we we got trailers two years in advance. <laughs> yeah. Here we are with with films like Thor, for example, coming out in in July, which is it's about what five or six months away. Yeah. Yeah. No trailer. No trailer. <laughs> um, um, uh, I don't know. I think, you know, I think I, I think the most the biggest part about that is, you know, we had a pandemic. <laughs> and I think every studio is kind of afraid of our trailer for the movie is definitely coming out. Mm, yeah. um, I think as well, Disney learned a lesson from, hang on, this isn't true. Sorry. The, uh, DC, I wonder if it was, learned a lesson from uh, releasing the uh, Justice League trailer like two, three years in advance for some reason, um, before it was completely filmed, and it was it was Snyder's, you know, his version of the film before it became Josh Whedon's version, <laughs> and people could therefore look back on how much it changed um, because we actually had footage from the original idea of what the film was going to be, um, and I think with how studios sometimes handle their directors and sometimes just fire them and make their own films. <laughs> um, Solo, for example, didn't get a trailer to very late on because I think they realised that they're not going to have the original vision that uh, the full Lord and Chris Miller, I believe, had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they've kind of realised that with certain franchises, at least, that people are definitely excited for, they can wait a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think that's a good thing kind of for me personally mm-hmm. yeah that's why i think mm-hmm. it's just generally better to not have such a long time between the film 
mm-hmm. and then the trailer because I feel like the Force Awakens could probably get away with it because it's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but generally, marketing a film two years before it's supposed to come out, people will have probably forgotten <laughs> by the time it actually comes to time. Probably, yeah. Um, and while it's probably an exceptional case, I think probably the lateness of the campaign for No Way Home also suggests that you can have a good run while leaving the marketing close to the actual film. Yeah. I think if... And also, we have so much more awareness behind the scenes now with, you know, social media and all that sort of thing. So I think we just have so much awareness of what a film could be and what it could be about that mm. the trailer isn't always needed until the last moment. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. I've just got Avatar 2 on my screen. Mm-hmm. I'm just baffled. <laughs> baffled. <laughs> just... Two cast members are, are confirmed to be in it, despite the fact their characters are definitely dead. Oh, Malta? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Pretty Thinking sure Sig- Sigourney Weaver died. Or spoilers, by the way. Yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did die. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Stephen Lang's character also got impaled with a massive steel rod, but I could be wrong with that. I think so. That does sound right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And the film is entirely underwater. Yeah. I don't know, man. And they've still got, they've still got Sam Worthington as the, as the lead character. That's going to be a flash from the past, though. Yeah, because he was. The, he, he, was the, he was the lead man of everything for a couple of years and then just. Wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that is. I, I thought he for sure was not going to be in it for some reason. Mm, no, there's it, it, like a photo of it. I've got up. Um, it's like they're in a pool of water or something. Mm-hmm. No, no, they're not in a pool of water. It's like in a. Oh no, they are. They're in a pool of water. <laughs> well, that's water, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. They're in a pool of water. Right. No, because it's like there's loads of bubbles on the top. Mm-hmm. But I thought it might have been some sort of b- b- uh, pool pit, mm. like a ball pool pit, <laughs> a, a ball. <laughs> A ball, a ball pit, a ball pit. Yeah. Um, but no, they're in actually underwater, and it's Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Kate Winslet, and Cliff Curtis. Mm. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I think the thing about Avatar coming out and James Cameron having time of his life making his films um, <laughs> is that, at the very least, they are kind of just wholly original, somehow popular films. Um. They're not based on anything. Uh, they are a sequel, but also like it is weird that for a long time, and maybe still now, I can't remember what the actual ranking is. Um, but for a long time, um, the highest popular, the most popular film of all time was a film about blue people on a planet that was not based on anything before that came out. Um, so it's always been kind of fun that that happened and that these films, you know, they are just his passion project, I guess now. Um, just these weird blue animal films. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Yeah. And it's just, in a, in, sorry, it sounds like the beginning of a, an early 2000s trailer. In a world where, <laughs> <laughs> in a world where sort of original blockbusters are almost entirely unheard of, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be five of these films. There is, yeah. 
That's the weird thing, I think. And two of them have already been filmed. Two of them are in post-production. That's the insane. Two three are in post-production and four and five are filming. Yeah. Is there another director? With, so with the exception of Marvel, who obviously have their slate planned in advance. Yeah. Is there another single creative who has been given... <laughs> who has been given full freedom of yeah. four blockbuster films based <laughs> off of one? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, it's it is insane because it is. I get it because it's obviously the most popular film of all time. Therefore, a studio will hear that and go, "Sure, mm. makes my easier one." Yeah. Um, but it is really weird <laughs> that these films, for some reason, became these films. Um, and people always say that nobody talks about these films, like the first one anymore. Um, which I guess is true, but also I don't think that's a I don't know. I don't think that's like indicated that it was a bad thing, or you know, doesn't deserve to have doesn't deserve to have some sort of sequel. Um, it's just sort of this weird. It's just a weird thing that happened. Um, and I just yeah, I am excited for. I think I'm excited just for James Cameron to have to do what he wants to do because he's just doing it, and he's. I can't see him. Having to deal with studios telling him what to do, mm. so we're just seeing pure James Cameron doing what he does best, yeah. and I, I, you know, I wonder what the technology breakthrough is going to be with these new films because with every film he does, it's always there's always something. Um, you know, 3D was the Avatar film, and kind of that was a big, you know, a thing for a while until I don't know, I don't know when it's still happening, but I haven't even seen. A film advertised as 3D in a long time. No, neither have I. Um, I'm very happy about it, but <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> Avatar's probably the only film I've ever seen in 3D. Uh... It wasn't even intentional. Like it was, it was, <laughs> we went to the cinema and it was the only screening left. I saw it. It was a weird experience because it was like, I think it was my first IMAX experience, but I saw it in 3D IMAX. Oh dear. Yeah, which Full was on. weird. Yeah. And I remember it was a it was a family outing. I don't just mean me and my parents. I mean a family outing. <laughs> it was weird. It was a, it was literally the only time in my long time of living <laughs> that I my entire family together went out to the cinema, and it was for Avatar, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember all three of us went. It must have yeah. just been the thing because I feel like everybody was just told to go and see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was I nine. Me too. I remember <laughs> being out in the cinema and then we're watching the news and actually it wasn't it wasn't even out yet. But the news, like the local TV news, <laughs> was talking about this film coming out. And even me back then who loved films I didn't know that I loved films the way I do, but I was still like aware of them and what was happening. I was never watching the TV. Like, what? What is this? Like, what? I, I would ask people, like, what is this? Thinking it'd be like an answer, like, oh, it's based off a book, and the book is the most popular book of all time, and or it's a comic book, or it's it's a TV show, and now it's a movie. Or, I didn't. I was like, why? Why is this happening? <laughs> like, why is it this film out of all of them that's became mm. this big thing? And you know, it came out. It was based off of all time, and then. Famously, everyone says it just kind of disappeared, mm. and it's now coming out. Second one's coming out this year, which mm. is more than a decade later. Mm. Um, I was actually 
What time of year was it released? <laughs> time of year was it because uh, release date? Oh, it released in December. So yeah, when it first when the first one came out, I'd have been nine. Yeah. <laughs> and if the new one comes out on schedule, I'll be twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And and that's not even like the beginning of the franchise to end of the franchise. That's just between installment one and two. Mm. There'll be one film, there'll be one Avatar film in 13 years. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, there'll be four in six. Yeah, that's (laughs) so weird. I I wonder as well, based on how well they do, I don't even just be boss, I mean, like, critically, how well they do and how much people actually like them. I wonder how much they kind of peter out by the end. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering this. Yeah, like I, yeah. I'm wondering if it becomes like an actual phenomenon again, and people, well, oh yeah, I love the series now. Avatar's amazing. Or it's going to be second one was all right, I guess, and then you go, like, oh, you, you made three more. <laughs> <laughs> they're all four hours long. All right. <laughs> yeah, because it's not a short film. If they're all the same length, they can just imagine getting to getting to the end of Avatar three and just thinking. Jesus Christ, and another two. <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember as well, I think Avatar was one of the first DVDs I ever bought that had two discs. Really? Two yeah. discs? Oh, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I, I think as well, uh, the, the timing of this series and how the decade in between has happened. I remember having, I have this very weird memory in my mind of being in the car and, and the radio was on. And the radio was talking about Avatar because it came out like that year or maybe the year previous, a few months ago. And it was like, oh, um, Avatar 2 slate, slated for um, 2013. Something like that. And it's going to come out in 2013. I remember thinking back then, back in 2009, 2010, whenever it was, in the car, think about how long I have to wait for that movie to come out. And like having the memory of like, Oh god, every year is so long, every week is so long. It's gonna take so long. I can't wait for this film, it's gonna take three years. I'm gonna be thirteen. Wow, that's crazy. And it's I think that's a, a good meter sort of memory for me to look back on of like how much time has changed for me. <laughs> and like my concept of time as I got older is it's every day was so long when you were <laughs> when you were a kid. And every year was like so long. And now it's somehow twenty twenty two. And I've got no idea where the past 10 years went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is, it, yeah, I, I, I feel that it's, yeah, I remember, I, remember, I remember the feeling, I remember the feeling of it being so long and then just now it's, oh my God, it's seven o'clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, like, the idea of a film coming out next year is no longer a, a big thing. So, oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll have a nap. I'll be I'll be awake by that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, <laughs> nice little existential crisis to end on, I think. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like time, you know. It's crazy. Just... <laughs> uh, right. Do you want to? <laughs> want to wrap this up? Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing else you want to ask. <laughs> um... Life is fun, <laughs> um, you know. Enjoy it because time is fleeting, <laughs> um, and also eh, talk to friends. It's gonna be fun. Have a fun time. Um, but yeah, 
Uh, yeah, so hope you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> um, um, yeah, uh, how what do I what do I say usually? Oh yeah, um, <laughs> if, <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, have a you know follow us on Instagram at at marvelous cinema cinema podcast, um, or at, uh, on Twitter at cinema marvelous. Uh, but back to our usual kind of schedule, we're doing uh, a few posts during the week. Um, uh, usually, it usually will be free on a Monday, uh, Wednesday, and a Friday. Uh, this week, in the past week, we've had a uh, Harry Potter um, mm-hmm. and the Matrix Resurrections reviews and a top five comic book movies ranking, uh, which is all mm-hmm. very fun. Uh, we've got much more coming out, uh, including that entire Harry Potter series and Uncharted. So look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you, you liked the whole thing, including the whole part where we wanted to think about time <laughs> um, and yeah well tell us more in the comments or wherever you can comment on uh which movie you're most excited for which mm-hmm. movie you're maybe most dreading because mine might be morbius i think so um because it's it could be it could ruin it it could ruin everything um which would be unfortunate <laughs> um <laughs> but, but <laughs> Uh, yeah, so hope you enjoyed. Give us a follow, give us a like, um, share with your friends, and yeah, thank you for listening and goodbye. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.